Today's date is November 17th, 2017. The darkest day. The darkest day. Oh, it's so dark. Hello and welcome to the Hit the Books review of Justice League. <laughs> Because we're Batman. Because we're Batman. Where are the reviews? (laughs) Where are they? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For our podcast listeners, you're just going to be left wondering what the hell we're doing. (laughs) We're Uh, wearing the Michael Keaton and uh, Christian Bale Batman masks. So, the best Batman masks. The superior Batman masks and the superior DC universes. Oh yeah. Uh, oh. oh, that thing's hard to wear. That is a challenge. <laughs> Your eyes are so bunched up right now. It looks so uncomfortable. It's very, very, very close to my eyeballs. <laughs> His eyeballs, because he's Batman. Where are my eyeballs? <laughs> Where are they? Where's Martha? <laughs> well, welcome to uh, Hit the Books Justice League review. Uh, we're getting this to you the day after we saw it. We went to the Thursday premiere, and um, the attendance was extremely underwhelming, to say the least. I'll put a picture up on our YouTube video. Uh, I would right guess. <laughs> I would guess there was probably like twelve people total in this movie theater. Oh, come on. There are at least 13. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Please forgive me, Justice League. Oh, uh, there is... was there was more people promoting this movie outside the theater than there were actual people in the theater watching the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you had a funny experience initially when you got there. Because uh, uh, why don't you tell the story about the, the lion... Oh, uh, yeah, this is <laughs> this is a bit incriminating. So, Only a little. <laughs> so we, I was waiting for Emery to sh- show up so we could get her tickets and everything, get in the movie. And I noticed there's a lot of people and kind of superhero T-shirts and stuff. And I'm like, all right, yeah, this, this is a good showing. It looks, looks pretty promising. And uh, eventually a woman came out and gave the call that, the theater was cleaning open and said, all right, filling for Thor Ragnarok. And literally 90% of that crowd went, <laughs> went into the Thor Ragnarok movie. And that entire crowd that I thought oh. was for Justice League completely disappeared. Yeah, that, wow. I. <sighs> so that was uh, <laughs> foreshadowing of the, the future um of what we could expect from this movie yes. yeah <laughs> um, which wow just wow for for those not familiar with uh our hit the books review process basically we go into uh a spoiler free review discussion and in the end we give our final rating of thumbs up meh or thumbs down um keeping it pretty simple pretty soon we'll have the written reviews for all these things on our our webpage so you can look forward to that um but for the moment, we're still getting everything ready. 
after we've given you our spoiler-free impressions, we will give you an explicit spoiler warning, and then we will get into the spoiler discussion where we discuss the impact this is going to have on the greater universe, the criticisms we have of the plot, and uh, anything we want to applaud them for, uh, which I guess is not a whole lot. Um, Just like maybe one or two highlights. So, Emery, let's get to it. So for context, Emery and I saw this movie in probably the most forgiving format possible. We saw it in a 70 millimeter film. 70 uh, millimeters. 61 more millimeters than what was given to my parents. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh it's so savage. Oh, this movie was savage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Poor Batman. I, I'm sorry, I've, Batman. I, I don't think I've been more upset or disappointed oh, for since d- I lost my parents. <laughs> <sighs> oh, or since I unfortunately uh, became a parent. Oh, I can't take it anymore. Oh. I can't take it. <laughs> for 61 millimeters. <laughs> more than... <laughs> that would be a big bullet. <laughs> that, that I think it would only take one of those to go through both of my parents at the same time. <laughs> Oh, oh, making jokes about parent death. Oh, oh boy. I am a rich orphan. Oh, I think we've lost all our credibility, oh. Batman. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it, we lost our credibility. I mean, have you seen this movie? <laughs> oh, my God. I oh. I didn't know I'd ever grow so fat. <laughs> Yeah, you really let yourself go, didn't you, Batman? Oh, my God. Uh. It is something about raising four kids. <laughs> Are you talking about the Justice League or the Robins? <laughs> I, I mean, uh, tomato, potato, you big one. <laughs> like, they're all a bunch of youngins who really need to get oh, off my lawn. No. Oh, no. See, it, uh, the Robins, at, at least the Robins were also mostly orphans. Who also mostly looked like me, which made things easier. Um, except for Batgirl. Oh, oh, Batgirl. Oh, oh, the cameras are still on. <laughs> uh, All right, uh, we saw this movie in 70 millimeter. Probably the most forgiving medium that you could see this movie in. Exactly. Um, so you had the the straight film. It wasn't a digital screen at all. It was full projection at a, at a very large scale, mind you. And <laughs> the CG was still rough. That was not very good. <laughs> Granted, the CG, I feel, at least personally, that the CG has gotten lazier and lazier. The one exception I'll say is like the Disney like face young fire <laughs> that <laughs> that they used in Pirates of the Caribbean and Star Wars. Yeah, that, that's like still it still has a little bit of that uncanny valley. Uncanny valley being you know that that mental perception that something is wrong, even though you can't quite put your finger on what looks wrong about the image or the character or whatever. Um, the CG in this movie is just not good, <laughs> not refined, and there were key things about this movie that we'll probably get into during spoiler discussions yeah, where uh, it was very evident that there was some editing done <laughs> uh, probably in recent post since the reshoots didn't happen all that long ago. Yeah, um, th- there was definitely something that it 
it it would be one thing if it just happened the once, but this was a recurring thing throughout this movie that uh, had to have been like constantly fixed in post the whole time. Yeah. So, visually speaking, this movie has cool moments, and I, I hate to do this, but I have to compare it to Thor Ragnarok, which is another movie where we're like, you know, it wasn't great. If you take your brain and just kind of smush it in a corner somewhere and pretend that you, you don't have logical thought processes while watching this movie, yeah, you will at the very least have a good time in the theater. You'll be entertained, for sure. It won't make sense. <laughs> It'll feel discombobulated and all over the place and all over the map. But at least you'll have a fun ride. It'll be pretty and whatever else, and it'll sound cool, and the characters will be cool for the most part <laughs> when they're not doing really heavily forced, you know, humor lines or awkwardly delivered, you know, Disney humor. Things that would seem out of character for the character. Yeah. Um, in this movie, it suffers almost from the exact same things that Thor Ragnarok did. But it has a much, much more fragile foundation <laughs> with the DCEU. To say the least. Than Thor Ragnarok has with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, you have, what, 10, 15 years, somewhere around there, of good content and good story building and good character building that at least give Thor Ragnarok the benefit of the doubt throughout the movie. Yeah. Justice League doesn't get this. It's not earned. And quite frankly, even though I had low expectations going in, I don't think it helped it as much as it should have. <laughs> because it's it's just such a shallow film. And I think the thing that bothers me the most is like BBS, like Man of Steel, um, even Wonder Woman to a certain extent. It has great ideas, but it just doesn't harness them properly it doesn't execute properly and the movie once again kind of squanders great opportunities uh yeah something that bvs was extremely guilty of which wonder woman at the end was a little guilty of even though we love the movie and which man of steel was guilty of in the <laughs> significant parts like the very the, very w- the worst parts. scene in this entire universe i still maintain is that <laughs> fucking tornado scene <laughs> so stupid and inconsistent with the characters uh and that's another problem with this movie they try to harp on pa kent a lot to try to give <laughs> superman some kind of emotional depth but the whole foundation <laughs> of the pa kent scene in man of steel being his you know process for you know thinking back on dad and how Ma Ken is dealing with this and how Amy Adams character tries to support him and you know how he's <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. He's buried with a picture of his father. I don't, that's not a big spoiler. It's just it, a- it anyone happened. who watched uh, Beavis uh, should know that. Yeah, that, that, that was buried with him and they just keep emphasizing that picture. <laughs> and, <laughs> It's just so awkward, you know, where they keep trying to do this Costner thing where Costner played the dad well, 
but, but that tornado scene just ruined his character completely <laughs> and ruined any kind of cool dynamic he could have had and any kind of depth, you know. He, <laughs> Superman <laughs> doesn't save him from this fucking tornado in the middle of nowhere with a crowd of people that already know you're Superman because you let the fucking school bus. <laughs> like, and you're just interpreting his silent hand raising as, no, I'm cool with you letting me die and letting the farm go to waste and le- <laughs> letting your, your mother be husbandless for the rest of her fucking life. That's cool. Thanks, Batman. Because that's what the, the Boy Scout Superman would do. That's what a true and hero would do. Just let people die for no good reason. Yeah. About that. Yeah, it's just as an adult, too. He's an adult. <laughs> he did this as an adult. <laughs> that's what makes it the worst. Oh, oh, it's so bad. So many issues. But um, this this movie just doesn't have the the strong foundation that the Marvel Cinematic Universe had for Thor Ragnarok. So when it tries to utilize some of these past things from the universe and touch on things from the past, uh, it just flops. It just flops right on its face. Um, we we again we saw this yesterday. We reviewed it yesterday, but it, we <laughs> we had an issue. It's my fault. Blame me. Something of an issue, yeah. And we were a little bit more, I would say, vitriol filled <laughs> last night. It, and it we was had a fresh a, pain. We had we a very passionate discussion. Now we've had a day to think on it and consider it. And I think we probably won't be as harsh on it this time around. You won't be as harsh. But. Uh, oh, man. It's still. I have some shit. It's not great. <laughs> um. So let's get into it real quick. Um, characters. Who was your yeah. favorite and why? And who do you think was the worst? Well, in a surprise turn. Or weakest. Uh, probably the strongest and most well-developed character in this entire movie is Cyborg. <laughs> Ironic. Yeah. Cyborg has so many things going against him. One, he shouldn't be in the Justice League. Period. He's not a Justice League character up until the reboot where they had to force somebody who wasn't white <laughs> into the group. Where's um, John Stewart? He's so we're just going to we're just going to take him from Teen Titans and just yeah. You you, you graduated. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Except he was never a Teen Titan in the new universes, but you know whatever. Yeah. Um Victor Stone had this awful CG like super busy costume the whole time. And I will say they did clean it up enough, at, at least on the 70 millimeter, that I was like, okay, it's not too bad. It's just, it's a little foggy and gross. And, but his costume was just so busy and so goofy and CG. Uh, and he really doesn't have much to work with. But of all the characters in the film, he does have the most character development. He does have the most human story ironically um he's the only one who's actually connected directly to the MacGuffins in question yeah. of which there are three yeah he's he's the only one that's really relevant to the plot as a whole hilariously <laughs> <laughs> like all of um, the other characters are either Technically unnecessary or super- superfluous. Yeah. But 
as far as enjoyability goes, I would disagree on Cyborg being the most enjoyable for sure because he was just kind of dry and there. Not to say it was a bad thing, but he was just he was just there, and at least he had some kind of character depth. So most of the time, I was connecting to him more than <laughs> any of the other characters. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> getting him to act like a robot, I think, really kind of helped him bring out the robot in him. Yeah, because there were some parts where it he, he just sounded like someone who was part Terminator. He's <laughs> like out out to get you. Yeah. Um, For me, the brightest spot in this movie, after Jeremy Irons, Alfred, who's always a bright spot, um, was Aquaman. Jason Momoa was great in this movie. Now, I'm not a Jason Momoa fan. I'm not a. I don't like Game of Thrones personally. I know. How dare I? Uh, I just don't dig it, and that's ironic since I'm a huge Lord of the Rings guy. But um, I'm going to tell you why you like Jason Momoa in this movie. It's because he's basically the Arnold Schwarzenegger of this entire group. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's pretty much Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie. Um, but I really liked him in this movie. I liked how he played Aquaman. I like how he handled himself. Uh, I like I like the scenes he had. That, you know, his early interaction with Batman that you see in the trailer uh, was kind of goofy plot wise because <laughs> because the world's greatest detective dedu- can't deduce this init- <laughs> initially, but it, he's literally painted on the wall. <laughs> I think that's my favorite uh, moment. It's like, wait, yeah, wait, hold on, um, hold on, L- long hair image thing, dude with long hair right in front of me. I, he was, no, he seemed to be wearing contacts for most of this movie, and I wish they hadn't done that. Because it just took, I don't know if he's actually like cross-eyed or lazy-eyed or if it's just because of the scar and it creates the illusion that his eyes are always looking in two different directions. But with the got some eyeball issues. Yeah. With the contacts in, it looks like, it looks like he just got like bug eyes, like on (laughs) like chameleon eyes. Yeah. Just like looking in two different directions because my my eyes have extra muscles on top of them um <laughs> but i mean when when he's got his natural eye color it's much less noticeable and he looks fine but <laughs> with the the bright blue white contacts and it just looked kind of weird i don't know i yeah. wasn't i wasn't digging the contacts but everything else uh, like even his his uniform in the middle and towards the end of the movie was cool uh, the Quindent, <laughs> even though it's supposed to be magical, but apparently in this movie it's not. Uh, as far as we know. Uh, yeah. th- that being said, uh, from what we can tell, he really hasn't been exposed to magic. He probably wouldn't know how to use the dang thing. Yeah, we'll discuss it more in the ding. spoiler section. But yeah, uh, Overall, I thought he was a cool character. He's fun. He, he added life to a somewhat lifeless movie at times um his outfit looked this cool. movie needed he looked intimidating he looked like a superhero uh he just played the role and his parts even even his parts you know underwater and stuff looked cool and played cool yeah <laughs> I, I was surprised um what do you think was the weakest link among the cast that's a really tough decision between batman believe it or not <laughs> yeah this, I I am still shocked that of all the characters we could have, you know, maybe been a little too lax on, 
we decide to go that route with the most beloved character in all of DC Comics. Yeah, it, it sucks because he showed glimmers, I'll say, in BVS. There were still parts where it was like, he he did the typical Ben Affleck thing where he's kind of like jutting out his lip a little bit. And he's kind of like, he looks like he's in another fucking planet. And then he comes back into the conversation. But, it's like he's having an out-of-body experience, like, all of the yeah, time. Yeah, but in that movie, at least he showed emotion from time to time. In this movie, I, I believe one reviewer in the, our, our podcast, episode 11, re- referred to this movie as Batman being drunk. And he nailed it on the head. Batman just behaves like an awkward teenager <laughs> and Ben Affleck just phones all of his lines in and he every scene he just looks like he's just off in some other world thinking about something else, you know? Probably thinking about the Batman movie that he wish he could make. <laughs> and I don't I've never been that big a Ben Affleck fan outside of Kevin Smith movies. Like I like him in Dogma because he just plays himself, which is, <laughs> you know, kind of airheaded asshole. <laughs> like, that sounds like Ben Affleck. Uh, at least in his roles he's played. Um, people give him a lot of credit for Argo, but again, I think he was just being himself. It was directed well, but I don't, I, I've never liked his acting. And I, I was one of the people that was like, Ben Affleck is Batman, why? And then I saw the jacked outfit and I was like... All right, this could be interesting. And then BBS had good moments that like gave me hope, and I was like, okay, okay, I can see it then. You know, he's kicking ass. This movie, Batman does not kick ass. Batman swings around once or twice and then stands in place and shoots guns. And then he gets in his Batmobile and shoots guns. And then he gets in his little crawler thingy and shoots guns. <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern here. His fat ass can't be bothered to do anything ninja-like. In fact... <laughs> the the person being the most stealthy and most most strategic and the one interrogating people was Wonder Woman, not Batman. Batman's fat ass was just waiting for criminals <laughs> and and oh glowering and posing and like it was just so. It's like the Batman bad. forgot what book he came from. Yeah, he just wasn't Batman. Just was not Batman. Um. I don't know if he was the weakest one because for me, the weakest was Ezra Miller, personally. Um, It hurts. It hurts to even think about him, now, honestly. If you haven't seen this movie yet, I think Ezra Miller is going to be the most divisive character in this movie. I think if you're younger and you don't care as much about this universe in general and you you haven't been exposed to any other kind of previous Flash, particularly Grant Gustin <laughs> as the CW Flash, you're going to be like, he's fine. You know, he had some funny moments or whatever, which, you know, the genuinely funny moments are ruined by the trailers. Be forewarned. And to me, he is awful. Every scene he's in just makes me cringe with his line delivery. Um, he's not Barry Allen, for sure. He's not playing a Barry Allen character. Um, he's playing Woody Allen? He's playing... Yeah, that's what I would say. He acts <sighs> like a young, teenage Woody Allen. Uh, Who and, runs like an idiot? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't... Need, 
Uh, there's so many problems with this Flash. The costume is horrendous. It's awful. And when he tries to move his head in it, it's like the old Batman movies where he couldn't move his neck. So he's literally moving his shoulders in every direction that he looks because he can't turn his neck far enough. Didn't we learn our lesson already, WB? <laughs> the, we need our necks to move. The costume is poorly oh. explained. Uh, this kid who apparently has no job, <laughs> which is a plot point of the movie, uh, is somehow affording this high-tech spacesuit, essentially. Um, it looks goofy. It's super shiny and like plasticky looking. Uh, it looks it, like, like it looks every- like that plastic old grandma's put on the couch. <laughs> so when they smoke <laughs> in the house, it doesn't stain the couch. You know, <laughs> that's what it looks like. <clears throat> the visual effects. Oh my god! The visual effects are cool at moments, and it's mostly just because you're distracted by the audio snaps from the lightning, and more than the, the visual uh, itself. Not, um, not the uh, weird grandma plastic. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just, it's horrible because we already have a better example of the Flash, of Barry Allen, in the yeah. form of Grant Gustin. We've had and him for three years. The visual effects on the CW television show, which is a glorified soap opera. That has a fraction of this movie's budget. Was more impressive than the $300 million budget flash for Justice League. It was embarrassing. So you have these two issues. You have a character who is, while written, eh, probably fine, is portrayed in the most awkward Woody Allen, just skeevy, weird way, awkward way. And I, I get that that's what they were trying to shoot for, but they were also trying to shoot for a Joker like Lex, and that didn't work too great either. I understand what you're shooting for, but it doesn't work. You shouldn't have been shooting for that in the first place, because that's not Barry Allen. That's not who Barry Allen is. Not um, even a little bit. He's he, like he's honestly supposed to be one of the darker, like characters as far as like a, a any kind of hero that broods. Yeah. Like his is supposed to be like the type of brooding that the brooding should be so intense that you can feel the regret or not the regret, but the, the longing for being able to, well, not being able to, but actually doing the thing that you want to do, which is go back and save your mom. So there's a lot of dynamics that they just, again, Great opportunity, but just squandered it, which is probably the most infuriating thing for any kind of comic book fan. Uh, if you're a person that has no context for these characters and you go into this movie just looking for something flashy to watch, probably won't bother you that much. But for anybody who's more of a fan of the Barry Allen we know, who has seen the CW show, has already put up a great example and format for how to do this, um, I think you're going to be very disappointed, especially with Ezra's delivery. Um, it's just, he's, he's so awkward and I don't, so some people seem to love him, but I am on the far opposite side of the spectrum on this one. Um, there's a scene with, uh, just him in Cyborg where he almost goes a hundred percent Woody. Yeah, it's, it's, Wait, <laughs> it's, and I'm pretty sure Woody Allen himself 
does his best to never go that far. It's very awkward, yeah. And, and not in a fun movie experience way. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman, I would say, is the perfect median in the group. She doesn't really contribute a whole lot narratively. Her acting is not terrible, but it's not particularly good either. Um, she clearly has prioritized her career as a model <laughs> over her, her roles um, because she is in Wonder Woman and in uh, this is one of our criticisms with Wonder Woman is that with next to all the other Amazon women who were clearly working out <laughs> and clearly jacked and like clearly representing a warrior race, Gal Gadot just looked like razor thin. And this movie, she's even thinner. And the, I didn't think that that was possible. The wardrobe for the film didn't help her in this aspect because they put her in these really long, lanky outfits that and super, super high heels that make her look like a runway model and not a superheroine. You know, yeah, um, like not the, the powerful, intimidating woman you would expect Wonder Woman to be. The, um, you can't. I thought she she looked the fittest in BVS, ironically. I thought she looked the most intimidating in BVS. Wonder Woman went down a notch, I think, more because she was next to all these other actresses that had gone the distance and actually right. committed to it. And this movie, she's clearly just... Let, she's saying, no, yeah. no, she would rather be a model. The, the thing that hurts about this is that... <laughs> She has the perfect opportunity to not only cement herself as basically the greatest symbol of feminism that has ever existed, and instead of, you know, pursuing making yourself actually look like a superhero, you instead go the, it looks like I haven't eaten like in an entire day. Yeah. Or maybe longer. Yeah, she's it, it, she's oh. razor thin in this movie, and it's made worse. I think, you know, it's an, it's one small thing to easily overlook. But when you have the kind of just dry line delivery that she gave, it not bad, but just dry, just like emotionless. Um, she is boring. She's very boring. Is She's that... extremely boring, which sucks because we loved her in Wonder Woman. We, it, granted, right. she wasn't the most interesting character. I'd say uh, Steve Trevor and um, her aunt. I, I always forget her name. But yeah. The former Princess Bride. <laughs> yes. I thought those two characters were way more fun and interesting. Even like the supporting I've... cast, uh, you know, uh, the <laughs> group of merry men she was with. The um, not quite howling commandos. Yeah. <laughs> I thought even they were a little bit more fleshed out and interesting than Wonder Woman, but she was still held her own. She was still up there with them. Right. Uh, in this movie, n- not at all. She was just there. And she. I think some of this is on writing, because I think some of the lines were just not good. And I think some of it was like on shot placement, because they would, <laughs> they had these super awkward scenes where clearly they were trying to go for a symbolism thing, but it didn't make logical sense. It just... It completely, like, stopped the movie where it didn't need to be stopped. Um, yeah. I mean, there, this 
because it's Zack Snyder, and Zack Snyder is very prone to trying to set up a shot that looks really, really pretty, mm-hmm. it just... It almost lands. Almost. Almost. He, oh, he just... He does it just it, awkwardly enough, and it, the it, transition it, is just awkward enough, and like it lasts just long enough that it's infuriating. It, he somehow has managed to basically be either a director or an executive producer on all of these movies yeah. and oversee <clears throat> the same mistakes being made over and over and over again. Now, see, Snyder is at his best when he just commits 100% to doing his usual thing. If you watch Watchmen, he, oh, vi- yeah, he yeah, yeah. very heavily you know, tosses in the symbolism stuff, and every scene starts with a big cinematic moment where the character's posing or dropping down from the heavens or something, <laughs> you know, something cool. You know? Something fantastic. That's fine when that's the whole movie, when it, the whole movie is shot in that context and in that way. 300's that way. 300. Every moment is a cinematic slow motion event where there's a bunch of symbolism and there's a bunch of poses and you know, yeah. Like that's every fine. scene's practically a painting. And that's three hundred. Three hundred is a fun movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. For that reason, same with Watchmen, because he fully committed, and all of these DCEU movies, he just kind of tr- tries to put a little bit in there, but it's not consistent with the rest of the film. It's not consistent with the we- how the rest of the film is f- shot. Now, granted, this movie has had three directors shooting scenes, so I don't know if that was a factor. But it's been true in BVS and Man of Steel, and to a, I would say to a much, much, much lesser extent, Wonder Woman, yeah. uh, because that was directed by a different director. But you still kind of see his mark in that movie, you know, sp- especially at parts of the end, you know. Yeah. Um. I, I think one of the the big things that is been so unfortunate about this was uh, there are parts of this movie where because due to a a tragedy that has occurred within uh, the Snyder family uh, Zack Snyder had to be replaced and the company after the movie had already been shot but the, the studio had wanted reshoots right and Snyder couldn't come back because uh of an incident with his family. Yeah. Uh, because of that, uh, the reshoots that were done were The done... first round. Yeah, <laughs> the first round. Uh, those were done by Joss Whedon, mm-hmm. who's known for his success with both of the Avengers movies. Um, at the very least, uh, financially, both of those movies were a success. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, there gets to be a point where it feels too Whedon, which I never thought I'd ever say in my life. Because <laughs> um, usually whatever he puts out is damn near entertainment gold. But in this case, it felt like he didn't know what to do with the Justice League. I mean, And the script didn't help him at all. He didn't have a very great situation to begin with, though. He's coming from a Dis- primarily doing Disney movies to WB Studios, so he's unfamiliar with the cast and crew, most likely. Yeah, um, he's working with a script written by nine writers. Nine writers are credited for this film. We we can't say that enough. We um, really can't. 
I'll get to that later. I have a rant yeah. uh, about Hollywood in general in this regard. Um, he had a cast, half of which was just phoning it in, uh, particularly Ben Affleck. Uh, Most notably. And a desire to portray certain characters extremely inconsistently uh, with both their persona in previous movies and in the comic books and it was just it was hard to take and it was just very awkward um again we're we're doing a lot of criticism here um but there were some positives like i said aquaman breathed life into this film when he was in it like Uh, every scene that he was in every scene um jason momoa shot it out of the park i mean he he hit it out of the park and nailed it um which it's is hard to do with a pitchfork, let as, me tell you. <laughs> as we've discussed, I really want this DCEU to just reboot. Just it, You don't even have to g- get brand new characters for everybody. Keep Jason Momoa. If you want, keep Gal Gadot. I would say look for someone else, maybe. Yeah. Uh, because clearly she's not dedicated to the role. Um, and unfortunately it shows. Uh, but there are good elements here. Jeremy, Jeremy Irons' as Alfred was great, you know. Um, yeah, they, they perfect casting for that too. There, there are good pieces in here, and there are moments of greatness. And like even Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill is a great Superman. Yeah, when he gets writing that isn't cringeworthy, you know, when he has something good to say, he delivers it well. He looks the part. He's jacked. <laughs> uh, um, he's got that big square jaw that you recognize as Superman. You know, he looks he, good in the outfit. He's uh, worked he has a cool very costume, hard to look good in that outfit. But the the writing is just killing him. <laughs> you know, in this universe, this context, the foundation is killing him. So, um, there are good moments. There's cool action scenes. Uh, I'd say more towards the middle and end. Um, I think. Yeah, you see a lot of it in the trailer, but seeing the full fleshed out action scene is pretty cool when they're fighting with the parademons. Um, the fight scene with Steppenwolf, who is a very generic CG n- nothing villain. He, he's <laughs> like a, a CG. It, he's a mess. That character is visually a mess. And it sucks that this. <laughs> This movie had the opportunity to cement Steppenwolf as, like, this is the interplanetary asshole you never want to fuck with. Yeah. I think this movie had the same problem with the villain as Thor Ragnarok did. Yeah. Where, visually, he was pretty cool looking. I think Hela was a much more intimidating looking uh, villain. Easily. But both of them show up for no good reason. On Earth. (laughs) Um, to get the Reasons. plot device, yeah. Um, the, the the special MacGuffin to help him win, and they make him out to be this big intimidating force. But then in the actual battles, he goes much less intimidating. Kind of, kind of like Hella, you know. Yeah, uh, with Hella, you weirdly not as intimidating, and much like Hella. Most of the movie doesn't even focus on Steppenwolf. Uh, (laughs) Most of the movie just ignores Steppenwolf completely. They're just off doing their own thing for reasons. And Thor, it's much more egregious because they literally have a second movie in the middle of the Thor movie (laughs) where they just ignore Hela completely. They Um, they literally should have subtitled that movie Thor Ragnarok 
and Planet Hulk. Ish. Guest starring the devil's anus. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, but, the um, dumbest shit. Uh, you know what? We're not talking about that movie. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Justice League. Yeah. This movie oh. had good sound design. It had cool music in it, I thought. Uh, I thought there was a few points, like the first big Wonder Woman scene where they play her music, and it sounds totally out of context because you just had this intense drumming music for the events that were going on prior. And again, yeah. her being in that situation was logically invalid anyway. That didn't help, but... They just put it in there to have the symbolism and then to play the cool theme song. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just awkward because she's just standing there, you know. Pardon me Um, while I play electric cello to get you in the mood. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wait, what? So let's get into spoilers because I I keep holding my tongue and I'm sure the audience is getting frustrated with me. It's like, are they going to say it? Are they going to say it? It's about time we said it. Spoiler warning. Wee woo. Well, before we get into the spoiler, let's give our final rating. Okay. On a scale of thumbs up, meh, thumbs down, what do you give it? And should people see this in theaters? Oh, he's warming it. Not a good sign. buddy. Not a good sign. Oh, you're in the shit now. Uh, I'm going to give this a... Oh, no. Thumbs down from Emery Saunders. Full thumbs down. Wow. And I'll tell you why. Wow. Not only did this movie have a bunch of opportunities that were missed, probably because they didn't have a real story to begin with, other than uh, generic alien uh, becomes the villain that they have to fight together. Yeah. Um, And they make him just tough enough. Um, Some... More than others. Yeah. Uh, the f- <sighs> you know, I've heard tale of this movie being more respectful towards Superman. I, I kind of believe that in like a very, very low degree that that's true. Because this movie was way too much of a business decision this movie this movie screams we need to come up with something to not just uh rake in the big bucks because we got to compete with marvel but uh we got to do this fast so that you know we we can get to our other projects and the this movie was the perfect opportunity to tell a really good story as to why heroes sometimes need to stick together, and this is not that story. No, it's completely squandered. Um, do you recommend people see it in theaters? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think you saw that one coming, folks. Yeah, um, uh, I, I, I say. And again, we saw it in the most forgiving format you could possibly imagine with seventy millimeter film. Even that didn't help. Yeah. Um, this is the kind of movie that I would say, wait. Wait until it's playing on that uh, television, uh, like that basic cable thing, uh, TNT. 
<laughs> Wait for TNT, Netflix, you know. Yeah. Uh, Redbox, whatever. Yeah, if you have Netflix, wait till it goes to that so you can say, oh, I mean, I've already paid for it technically, so. I will say this movie, it's not as... The things it does wrong are not as bad or egregious as BBS and Man of Steel. Uh, I've expressed this several times, but with the Snyderverse movies, there's always a trend where Man of Steel, overall, if you just took like quality versus time, there was more quality time in that movie. There was more good parts in that movie than any of the other ones. But the parts that were bad were just so egregious and so against what Superman is and how the character had been portrayed in the movie and how the character is portrayed outside of the movie. It it only takes one scene to ruin an entire narrative. And there was several. There was three or four scenes in that movie that were just like, ooh, you probably shouldn't have done that because now that's your basis for this character for the rest of this universe, you know? And... (sighs) They really destroy the whole foundation of Superman through these movies. BVS had less quality time, if you just look at the broad, the proportion of time in the film, but it had many more mistakes, many more missed opportunities, many more squandered opportunities, many more uh, production mistakes, I would say, where they shoved too much in and, you know, they tried to add something that should have been probably the ju- first Justice League movie <laughs> to the end. Um, yeah, and they just made more mistakes. They were less. They were lower in severity uh, than, say, Man of Steel. But there were so many more of them that it just weighed the movie down. And this this Justice League movie, I think, continues that trend where the things it does aren't as egregious aren't as ruinous as they were in BBS and especially Man of Steel, but they're just scattered throughout the entire movie. Logical inconsistencies, character inconsistencies, uh, bad visuals, uh, weird transitions that don't make sense, weird shots where you're trying to like put Gal Gadot's flat butt like as the majority of the screen for half the conversation, you know. Just Snyder, we know what you were doing. Terrible, terrible decisions throughout this movie and terrible, terrible portrayals and phoned in lines and just awkward narratives and a a weak illogical story and a weak kind of flimsy villain. Um You're still on the meh, huh? I have to give it a thumbs down. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. A hesitant thumbs down. Folks, this was originally, like when we had first filmed this, uh, I was still thumbs down. But Chris was mad. I was at the lower edge of mad, I think, after thinking about it for a day. Even though I enjoyed Aquaman a lot, and there were cool visual scenes, and it was cool seeing the team together, there were just so many weird things that I was just like, oh, just well, as you, a story, you have to do that, you know. Yeah. And I think this movie—I don't know. Maybe I'll give it the low meh again. This movie, this movie does one thing that BVS didn't do, and that's deliver a satisfying conclusion. Where the conclusion, even though it was illogical, even though it was silly, it was fun. So you left the movie feeling good. BVS 
did the opposite, where it did a really decent to good first and second act, and then the third act was just horrible, just garbage all the way through. So when you left that theater, that's the feeling you were left with. You were left with that horrible pit in your stomach feeling that you that they just went off the rails in that third act. This movie does the opposite, where it's just it's scattered. The, the mistakes are scattered throughout the the movie so evenly that you can still lead the movie when you've turned your brain off again. <laughs> feeling good about it feeling like you had a decent time i would say this is lower met upper thumbs down <laughs> if that makes sense um i'm I'm so hesitant to say either one i want i think it's a thumbs down though if if i'm honest with myself please i beg you i beg you i beg you do not go see this in theaters if you haven't already wait for it to come out in other formats you know if you get free tickets or whatever great but don't pay your hard-earned money to see this movie in theaters because the more money that these movies continue to make, even with the declining quality and the declining performances and the declining writing and the scattered direction and scattered production, the more WB is just going to continue pursuing these projects. And quite honestly, based on the second after credit scene, there are two after credit scenes, the second after credit scene was so bad and so cringeworthy that oh, it, it we're, made, we're bringing that up it made me fear the future of this universe if they're going to continue doing these things because it was just so cringeworthy and so just gut wrench inducing you know just vitriol in my heart i was just like oh uh, we'll talk about Never. it in spoilers but yeah the first after credit scene was kind of fun lighthearted, and cool that's where they should have left it the second one had a cool aspect to it, but then it but should, then but it, then it goes way off the rails in a very very bad way, in my opinion. So, I think my final verdict is a thumbs down overall. I don't recommend you see this movie in theaters. If you do, more power to you. If you enjoy it, if you you're on the opposite side of the spectrum with Ezra Miller, great. But I think you'll probably agree with us for most of the other characters and most most of the other interpretations of this movie um again if you do see the movie come back let us know what you think join us for the spoiler discussion and uh compare notes i'd love to hear what the audience thinks because if i go by media (laughs) it's somewhere in the it's okay so because it's not awful we're giving it a good rating you know yeah uh which is a sad (laughs) state of things when they have to take pity on your studios and (laughs) like oh look at them they tried uh so let's let's do it warning spoilers spoiler spoilers wee woo wee woo spoilers so i got a lot of fucking problems with this movie oh do (laughs) you do Um, you how do i hate this movie let me count the ways okay uh, again, the mistakes in this movie, not as egregious as Man of Steel, not as egregious as BVS, but there are so many of them. Oh, yeah. So it, many of them. This was death by degrees. This was, it's like, oh, they got that wrong, yeah. and that wrong, and that wrong. It, it wasn't like a monumental fuck up, yeah. but there are so many, fu- it's like, you, you pile enough fuck ups and you're going to, you're going to get a mountain. Yeah, it's. It it adds up, it, you know. It might be yeah. small little spoonfuls of dirt, but eventually that that becomes a big fucking pile of garbage, you know. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. I think 
the one that hits me the most is how they revive Superman. Oh. Now, if you watch BBS to the end, they have a scene where Bruce delivers this completely unearned line about how he could have been friends and how he failed him and this and that. And then they pan to the grave that has just been freshly you know, buried and filled in. And they zoom in on the dirt and the dirt starts to move like like it did in Man of Steel when he went to fly for the first time. So as to signify that maybe he's not all the way dead. So when that happened, I was like, oh, why did you do that? Why didn't you just, if you were going to kill him, why didn't you just commit to it? Now that you've done that, you've already told everybody, which they probably could have figured out anyway. But narratively, it was stupid because now it leaves you in a corner that Superman's is he is somehow alive in that coffin. He is still, in some way, shape, or form, alive. And this movie, they're like, no, he's actually dead. He's still dead. He's still completely dead. But we're going to use this magic cube, the mother box, and we're going to dip it in the goop in the Kryptonian spaceship, which they sneak into in the most ridiculous fucking way. As a person who was in the military, I can tell you, yes, the gate guards are lazy. Yes, they're not going to look at your ID too much. But you're not wearing your fucking ACH in that military truck, young man. And you're going to get fucking wrecked. <laughs> Especially without a, a <laughs> another driver next to you or, you know, ground guide, whatever. But Yeah, yeah they, wow, you got those new guys good. They sneak into this fucking facility, top security facility. Just the most ridiculous way. And fucking dump the perfect corpse. Hair still perfect. Nails still perfectly <laughs> cuneiformed and everything. How long was he dead? Nice, beautiful suit. He was dead for like a year. <laughs> I'm pretty with, sure with, all of those things still grow even yeah. after you've expired. Still using the fucking picture of Pa Kent, mind you. <laughs> As a plot device saying, oh, it's his father. You know, think of these memories. And he goes into the goop and then Flash electrifies it because there's not enough voltage left. So Flash has to do this flashy thing. I have to show I'm useful, guys. Because he's fucking useless the rest of the movie. Um, So they (laughs) just save one. Just save one. See, that was that could have been a cool moment because then then he would become the hero. But right. he doesn't become the hero. He, he's, no, he, he saves the people there, and then he's just useless again. And yeah. Batman has to save him. <laughs> yeah, that that it's going to get into like a, a bigger a bigger issue across this whole movie that I have. But yeah. before we do that, let, let's specifically about leadership and the subplot about a certain character getting leadership when Batman is doing all the fucking work in the first place. But you know, whatever. Um, so they revive Superman in this dumb way. Then he comes back. And they, you know, foreshadow it the heavily the whole movie. Oh, he might not come back the way we think he is, or blah blah blah. And sure enough, like something could have happened to him. Sure enough, he goes kind of rogue, and he doesn't remember who he is, which is fine. It was a cool action scene in the movie. It was cool seeing Superman up against the entire Justice League. It's specifically one scene where Flash is running around the monument to kind of like flank him, and. While he's in the Speed Force, Superman's eyes just look at him and turn towards him. And Flash realizes, I am so fucked. He is as fast as I am. 
and he, Superman is still fighting the other Justice League members and pushing them off while he's staring at Flash and starting to come towards him to fight him, you know. That yeah. was a badass scene. That was an intimidating scene, and that's what I expected. That's what I wanted. Again, events that were just like could have been awesome, but were just kind of squandered in the end. Um, <laughs> then, in order to try to get his memory back, Wonder Woman starts calling him Cal L. He has been called in this universe Kal El, I think, one time in this entire franchise. He has been referred to and recognized himself as Kal El one time. <sighs> and all of the Justice League members call him Kal El. Hey, Kal El, remember who you are. Kal El, you're Kal El of Krypton. I'm like. Why would he associate any memory or emotion to this? Why are you saying Kal-El? Call him fucking Clark. Say, Clark, if anything, say, Martha! Martha! Remember Martha! You know? Do anything other than call him Kal-El because he doesn't associate with the identity of Kal-El. He, <laughs> he has no emotional attachment to this name. It was not. It was so stupid and nonsensical. I'm like, why would all of these characters call him Kal El? They all know his name. They all know him personally, <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. They know his name's Clark. Oh, but God, Wonder Woman yeah. insists on trying to call him Kal El to try to get him to remember. It, it was- also, they can have the shitty plot device where Batman brings in Amy Adams and endangers her fucking life, <laughs> so that she can go up and go, Clark, it's me. Lois Clark? Yeah. And of course he responds because She called him Clark <laughs> She called him by his actual fucking name. Thanks, guys. Really really did us a solid by uh showing exactly how to reach out to a person who's been Freshly brought back from the dead. Yeah. And once again, Batman is fucking useless. <laughs> he just fucking stands there looking like a fat piece of shit <laughs> and does nothing. Uh, it, Contributes almost nothing except the plot device that didn't have to happen if they had just called him Clark in the first place. Yeah. The um, the, the thing with um, them calling him Kal-El, um, it's never going to make any sense. It's never ever going to make any sense not because there, there's no. no precedent for that exactly it's not it, it's not earned there's no reason to do this there's no narrative drive for this it's just <sighs> we're going to do it why <laughs> that's just a terrible writing decision why did you choose that name it's for like, all of them not just wonder woman all of them try to say that even the kryptonian ship never actually calls clark by name or yeah. anything is yeah but uh, for some reason, <laughs> we're going to try to appeal to our freshly revived friend by calling him by a name that he heard once on another spaceship that uh, had a bunch of his own, pe- like, actual people yeah. that needed to fucking die. Yeah. So Ugh. you add that, uh, another illogical thing. There's a ton of illogical things. I'm not going to get to all of them because, again, it's just scattered evenly throughout this entire movie. Again, Which less, is a shame. Not as severely yeah. movie-destroying as the other films, but there's just so many more of them. And this fight scene, 
he goes toe to toe with Cyborg, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and to I guess some extent Batman. Some and he wrecks very all of them as you would probably expect from Superman, but that's completely inconsistent with BVS, where Batman in a fucking metal suit with an open exposed face <laughs> takes him on toe to toe and just shoots these little gas canisters at him. Like, yeah, you could argue, oh, he was holding back or whatever. That, that was his excuse at the beginning. It was not the excuse throughout the fight, you know. Oh, he's weakened with the Kryptonian gas or whatever. But clearly that's not an issue here, you know. Yeah. God, there's just, there's just bad choices made, storytelling-wise. Just so many illogical things in this movie. Um, is it J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon? Yes. J.K. Simmons, I thought he would shine more. I thought he would get more opportunity to do things. He didn't do anything. He, 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 he gets he, one job. He had two scenes, and it, it was for forced comic relief and for staging Batman on a gargoyle for dramatic Snyder scene that's held too, far too long, you know, for no reason. That, that's basically uh, become uh, Commissioner Gordon's job is to set up Batman. Yeah. It's like, So that was a bummer because I thought he would have more to do, and I thought for what little he did get, he was fine, but he just didn't get much to begin with, you know? It was just like, another squandered opportunity with these movies. Um, it just basically got shafted. Ezra Miller's Flash, just awful. You see, they literally have the same style set up as the Grant Gustin Flash, CW Flash, in the prison scenes with the dad. The dad, <laughs> the dad is so lame. He's so worthless in this movie. He contributes nothing. His lines deliver, delivered are just delivered dry and emotionless and just shitty and like i like the fucking original flash the original tv flash that's in the cw show as his dad he was far better than the movie dad for barry allen i say that with quotes because he's not barry allen uh, he was far better much like grant gustin in this in his respected universe than this and the the scenes were shot better the jail and fucking cw looks more convincing than the fucking jail in this fucking flash movie just so many wasted opportunities and i think they're made worse because the cw a tv show with a much smaller budget and a constantly rotating group of directors does a much better job uh than this fucking movie and it just it's like seeing, you know, a white panel that you think, oh, it looks fine. And then you put it up against a white panel that's perfectly clean. And you go, oh, there's a big difference there. I think that's what happens with this Flash, where he just looks so inferior to the CW product. Which is ironic, because there's so much more money and investment in this version of the Flash. Um, his character doesn't make sense. He somehow has the ability to afford this fucking warehouse with this fucking spaceship. He's squatting. <laughs> yeah. that, that's yes. actually something that they mentioned in the story is that he's actually squatting. Ugh. It's like he's, very heroic. He's got, He's got all these televisions and computers and monitors and all this junk and a, a fucking space suit. <laughs> uh, you know, flash outfit that looks like fucking grandma's plastic couch. 
Um, <laughs> and that, which none of this oh. makes sense. He doesn't have a job, which is a, a plot they try to force in this movie. Oh, Barry, you got to move on with your life. You, you got to take this job at the police department, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you don't. You're the fucking Flash. You don't. Your, your best friend is Bruce Wayne. Your only friend is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and quite frankly, I don't blame him. <laughs> uh, he's just, and he, his, his lines are delivered so awkwardly. They give him the moment where, you know, I thought it was a cool moment where Batman does take him aside. And Ezra Miller, the <laughs> the build up to it where he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm scared. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> and then Batman takes him aside for a, a genuinely good moment in the movie where he goes, look. Just do me a favor. Calm down. Just save one person in this group. Save one civilian. That's all I ask. That's all you have to do, and then you can do what you want. And Flash goes, well, what do you want me to do after? He goes, you'll know what to do. Just just save the one person. And he goes, okay. And then they have the big scene where he saves all the civilians, and he just keeps going. And yeah. that was cool, but then he's useless again immediately after. where batman's still saving his ass because he's tripping over himself and he's running like this like why is he running like this the grant gustin flash looks way cooler running normally just a normal run than this fucking ezra miller awkward like goofy swinging running motion that just doesn't make sense you you, you've activated my rage (laughs) oh so that he was, runs like an idiot. That was pretty bad. Uh, we already talked about Wonder Woman. Like her context, just like it's fine. It's just in the middle. Just it's not terrible. It's not great. It's just there. She's a filler character, which <laughs> you should never, and I mean never, be able to say that about Wonder Woman, especially when she has the best film in the franchise. She has the best film in right. this universe. It, it, and she's the we- among the weaker characters. Why? It it should it should seem as though she's slumming it. Yeah. But I mean, the, the beginning of the wo- movie, Steppenwolf literally kills a bunch of Amazons. She's just like, okay, you yeah, know, whatever. That's cool. Uh, oh, they, there's, they there's died. danger. Uh, uh, I'm sure there's, there's more women where that came from. Uh, it's, just, <laughs> it's so ridiculous, you know. Oh. Steppenwolf's like, oh my my axe is stained with the blood of your Amazons or whatever, and she's just like. Oh, okay. Swing. <laughs> like, what the fuck? There's no emotion to anything in these movies, man. It's almost like she's afraid to move her face. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Which we can comment on Superman, Henry Cavill, who oh, if you the do, lip. If you don't Here know, comes the lip. If you don't know, in Mission Impossible, the movie they're filming right now, Henry Cavill has a big mustache, and the studio refused to allow him to shave it or wear a merkin, <laughs> as I would say, yeah. over his upper lip to do the reshoots for Justice League. You are getting paid millions of fucking dollars to do these movies. Why can't you just shave the fucking mustache for a few reshoots and then go right back? It doesn't take that fucking long to grow it. And if you want, you can just get the little fucking, you know, <laughs> you know the, upper the- stash wig piece, whatever. It's not that difficult. The, there were ways of handling the situation that didn't involve <sighs> what they could have done is just God let his facial hair it. grow. Uh he's been some he's, he's been, been dead. He's been dead but still somehow alive. Let his facial hair grow a little bit. Then you he can have his fucking mustache and nobody has to worry about it in the reshoots. 
But no, what they do is they try to digitally replace his upper lip. And it's so obvious. It You hit that, again, that uncanny valley where you're just like, bad CG. And there's just, ooh, there's something wrong with that face structure. There's something wrong with the way he's delivering his lines. Why does he always look like he's scowling? Why is this the top of his the middle of his upper lip like dipping down like a widow's peak while the rest of his mouth is up towards the sides it just looked so unnatural and it was so clear that they (laughs) that they had just digitally redid his upper lip to hide the mustache which takes a character who is fine is good in this movie but is already struggling with bad writing and just blows it up worse because now the emotion of his lines and his delivery are lost. Um, it's it's rough, man. It it pains me. It, um, it pains me to to realize that. Um, and this goes back into this being a movie of business decisions. Um, we CGI'd out. A mustache, a fucking mustache, on a character who should have had a full fucking beard anyway, because that is what happens when you die. That shit still grows, at least for a little bit. Batman, that fucking drunk that he was. um, Yeah, Batman having his fucking, like love affair with fucking superman where he's stumbling over his words like he's on a prom date or something and uh, i don't i don't i know you didn't I don't bring not, me back here because you like me i don't i don't not not like you <laughs> like what <laughs> what <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> that's not batman none of this is batman Ugh. and it's inconsistent with the previous movies <laughs> you know how not I... only is it not batman in general it's not batman in this universe it, here's how I knew this Batman was going to be terrible from like the very first few minutes. Our introduction to Batman in this movie is who would have thunk a criminal in Gotham City yeah. doing criminal things yeah. and they're trying to go to the rooftop because apparently the the police or helicopters can't get you there. Uh, <laughs> But this is never the answer, because you know who's up there? Batman. Um, Being the... Guess guess what the first thing that this person sees as they finish climbing their ladder? Batman. Batman, off in the distance. The person who's supposed to be the hider or, like, the, the ninja extraordinaire is spotted... Within seconds. Yeah. Like I said earlier, you know, Wonder Woman was a better Batman in this film than Batman was in this film. Wonder Woman, I'll say it again, was a better Batman than Batman. (laughs) And somehow Batman still has the nerve to call her out on not leading. Yeah, it's just so ridiculous. What the, what the actual the, shit? Did, they did, tried to shove so many like subplots in this movie that just didn't make sense and did not work and were just not appropriate. Uh, just, is it ever appropriate to mention uh, your significant other dying in a plane explosion? I mean, I I understand what they were going for in that scene, 
But they just executed it so poorly. Again, Ben Affleck with his fucking emotionless, fogged up eyes, you know, where he, I don't know if he's fucking stoned or what, but he just wasn't in the, the room. He would just, and then Wonder Woman. He looks you know, like he he's truly dead inside. Gal Gadot, like, she delivered them better than him, but not particularly well either, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just. So many things about this movie are inconsistent, illogical, poorly delivered, poorly done. Again, we're criticizing this movie a lot. There were good things. I loved Aquaman. I actually thought Mera was a much more intimidating figure than Wonder Woman was. I thought Mera was more badass than Wonder Woman was. And that's a crime. The fucking fish <laughs> the fish lady who's a waterbender, you know, she was in the movie for what, like five minutes maybe? They had like two lines. She was cooler and more intimidating than Wonder Woman in this movie. Wonder Woman in this movie was real thin, skinny, not intimidating, boring, emotionless, and a lot of parts just <clears throat> it's just oh I, I swear to God, this was this is a mismanaging of very much so their highest asset throughout the entirety of this cinematic universe. They had Wonder Woman. Mind you, a real thin, non-warrior looking at all Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman nonetheless. Yeah. And yet, within five fucking minutes, within five minutes, Mera, queen, not queen, no, she's, she's not queen yet, um uh okay so mara hot underwater ginger of the seas <laughs> she manages to outdo wonder woman as far as looking any kind of badass within 5 minutes of showing up she, that is she that... looked fit like again you compare the amazons at the beginning of the movie all fucking jacked they're fit they're not skinny, real thin. They don't look like they've been, you know, anorexic or bulimic for half their lives. You know, the, the, they look fit, y- and yeah. maybe that's just Gal Gadot's ma- natural form. But y- at least tone, <laughs> you put something on there so you don't look like a skeleton in clothing. You know, just like actually look she like, looks like you've she's been a training. scarecrow. She yeah. looks like a scarecrow in her outfits, and like her Wonder Woman uniform is literally like falling off of her sometimes, and it just looks <laughs> like it doesn't fit her because she's gotten razor thin. And, it's just, it's and just, she was not that way in Wonder Woman. She was not that way in BVS. You know, it's <laughs> like she forgot how to eat or something. Uh, you look at, I would say the person I have only one criticism about, Cyborg. Cyborg again, he, he had just kind of a dry story, but he had a logical story that made sense. Yeah. So but, I give him that credit, and the actor that played him. Uh, I'm forgetting his name right now. Ray Fisher. I Ray believe? Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. Ray Fisher played Stone in the perfect way. He he generally became more kind of human as the movie went on. He showed character development and he played well. But they used the CG costume, the CG metal that's constantly moving throughout the entire movie, and it looks horrible and trashy and goofy and sloppy. And then at it the end of like the movie, Transformers. That's what it looks like. The, at the end of the movie, they show him forming the plate that he traditionally has, and forming the look that he traditionally has. 
why couldn't we do this earlier in the movie? Not only would it save you a ton of money and budget, because you don't have to keep animating this stupid internal structure on his suit that doesn't make any (laughs) sense, by the way. Yeah. But he would be more satisfying to fans like you and me because he's actually looking like the comic character instead of this just hodgepodge of just mechanical bullshit that doesn't make any sense. Next on the list, uh, I, I was talking about Aquaman. Aquaman, obviously my favorite character in the movie. But even he had just logical inconsistencies. Again, Batman, the greatest detective, isn't even a good detective in this movie because he's not Batman. He's shit. He's just a fat, lazy, drunk dude. <laughs> it, that, uh, that had my, my favorite uh, moment. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes into this bar and he recites the story about some person coming on the king tide and bringing the sailors fish in times of hunger and starvation and literally you look on the wall and it's a big picture of this fucking pacific islander dude you know that's jacked above all these stick figures like oh i wonder who it could be maybe it's this seven foot tall fucking (laughs) samoan guy over here you know hold on but you mean you you mean to tell me that that thing on the wall with the long hair. Oh, my God. And I'm pretty sure that's Dude. not how you keep a secret. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just saying. It seems like a very poor practice for someone trying to keep their identity a secret. Um, it, like, I will make myself into a legend so that when I roll into town next to my actual legend, no one will believe me. That's yeah. not how that works. I liked that... They gave him the Arthur Curry story. I was afraid at the beginning because of his look and the way he was acting that he was going to be the 90s, like, fucking hook arm, bullshit, bearded king, asshole dude. Full-on Atlantean king. Yeah, Yeah, who's just a pious asshole and not likable at all. No, they went with the Arthur Curry story, which I appreciate and I was happy to see. I actually loved the outfit they gave him. They actually gave him the orange scales and everything, but in a way that looked cool. Um, It seemed more like green and gold. No, it was the orange. For sure, it was the orange. They had the orange scales, and then they had the gold A, and then he had the green pants. But they're they're subtle. It wasn't, yeah. like, ridiculous. That's why they got away with it. it. Like, all of the colors were muted. Yeah. Which... Which is what you need. Yeah. You know, for a realistic take on a fucking goofy character, let's face it. Um, yeah. It was like it, it, a character it, I love, by the way, that I love... You know his runs in, but he's a, he's a goofy he's a goofy concept. You know? uh, yeah, it's like underwater dude who because <laughs> I, because of fucking super friends, this will always be a joke with him. Uh, because of fucking super friends, everyone will think of Aquaman as the person who talks to fish. Yeah, guys, I talk to fish. I talk to the ocean. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, Can we let that go, finally? Yeah, that's another thing. The heavy-handed jokes were, again, just more... Just <sighs> Do you really have to do this? Don't don't, <laughs> don't bite into what people already criticize these franchises for. It just you know? hurts. Um, but there's logical issues with his character, because uh, Aquaman says, no, fuck off, I'm going to do my own thing to Bruce, and then you know, swims away. And then later in the film, he saves a sailor from uh, his ship going down. And the sailor is rambling on about seeing something like a ghost or something. And he doesn't know what it was, but it came for me. And he throws the guy on the table and he looks at his hand and there's green goop on his hand. 
and somehow he knows that this is the parademon, even though he has literally not seen a single parademon up to this point, and decides, oh, there's an emergency. I need to go to Atlantis. No reason whatsoever. Nothing explained. And he just assumes that this random green goop is from the parademon and from a threat, even though he he himself did not see the parademon at all. Swims back to Atlantis, a place that is established in this movie, a place that he does not go to, a place that he doesn't seem to be the most welcome in, (laughs) according to Mara and the way she states things uh, and the way they argue in the chamber, knows to go to this chamber where the mother box is, knows that there's going to be a threat there immediately, Mm -hmm. fights Steppenwolf underwater, which is a cool scene. That was a pretty neat scene when he's... I thought the underwater scenes actually came off a lot better than they. I I was worried they were going to. Uh, that it was, it was in those scenes that I thought um, specifically I, I, Mira yeah. looked really good in those scenes too. Yes, she stood out. As yeah, definitely her. Uh, definitely want I I want an Aquaman movie, like yeah. I I I want an Aquaman movie. Not just because of Mira, but uh, that's a. Definite plus. Yeah. Uh, th- th- what, my one complaint is that we never got to see Jason Momoa as Aquaman fighting underwater in the full armor and with the trident. That kind of sucks. Right. Because that would have been cool. But we did get to see him fighting underwater alongside Mera against Steppenwolf trying to protect the Atlantean mother box or whatever. Yeah. So that was cool. But logically, it didn't make sense. No. And then he talks to her and he's about to fucking book it out of there and just do his own thing. And then she goes, oh, do you want your royal artifacts or whatever? He's like, yeah, I need them. I need them. It's like, you've clearly not even bothered to interact with this world whatsoever. And now you're asking for these fucking royal artifacts, these treasured artifacts. And so that's how he gets his suit. And that's how he gets his trident. I guess we don't get to see it happen. I think it would be cool if they'd taken him to the chambers or something and said, like, this is... The trident of your forefathers has magical abilities or something. Anything. Anything. To give it significance. But he just shows up later in the movie like, hey, what's up? I'm Oh, dressed as a bat. I dig it. (laughs) You know, like... like, He's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's still likable, but nothing about the plot. The plot around him doesn't make sense. It's just stupid. That that is the thing with this character. Um, Jason Momoa will get away with a lot in... He gets away with a lot in this movie. He's going to get away with a lot in his own Aquaman movie, and that is always because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, this is Pacific Islander, kind of googly-eyed uh, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hilariously enough, uh, he actually uh, there is a remake of Conan the Barbarian. Being done by Jason Momoa. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This is like he this guy. Apart. He he knows exactly what he is, and he plays to that. Yeah, and typecast <laughs> to a T. Only a little. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. The, this movie. This movie does one thing for me, as opposed to like all of the hundreds of things against me that it does. Uh. The one thing that it does for me is it makes me think of all of the things that they are planning as yeah, opposed to looking back at the well, mess let's that get, they left. Let's get into that. So yeah. we go through this whole movie, and basically, 
beyond like references, they really don't talk about Darkseid at all. If they wanted to, they could just cut the movie here and be like, this is the end. Hope you liked it. We're going on. We're doing a reboot. That's what I want them to do. But I know they're probably not going to, especially if this does well anyway, even though it's not a good movie. Um, yeah. In the yeah. end credit scene, the second one, I hated what they did because they had Lex Luthor, this pseudo Joker wannabe, you know, Lex Luthor and Jesse Eisenberg having replaced himself in the asylum with some old laughing inmate. Again, laughing. A, a gag that's been vict- done a million times. Victims that are laughing. Who does that sound like? The Joker, not Lex Luthor. And he's out on some fucking yacht, you know. His, his, all, all of his money is liquidated. You know, it's all... Obtained by the government for, you know, domestic terrorism essentially. He he what? has no means to do any of this, and there, yet there's, he's there. There's no reason that he should have access mm-hmm. to any of this, and Eisenberg and yet he has it. Eisenberg is just so cringeworthy in his scenes because he's just this little fucking twerp. He is not Lex Luthor. He does not pre- give off the vibe of a. You know, that that's a, an incredible cr- intellect. He just looks like some awkward teenager that wants to be a, a, a shitty person, I guess, you know? And when you put him next to Deathstroke, one of the coolest, most intimidating, most badass characters in the DC universe in general, a, a, a scene that could have been very exciting for a future in this universe, Deathstroke. Standing toe-to-toe with Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor, this little fucking twerp, talking down to him and acting like a wannabe Heath Ledger, I guess. But done in the worst way possible. Eisenberg was a terrible cast choice. Let's face it. Remember back when Brian Cranston was rumored to be the one that was going to be Lex Luthor, and that's what everybody wanted? Brian Cranston would have been perfect as the intimidating in- intellect that is Lex Luthor. And the scheming that is Lex Luthor. But instead, they went with this fucking snotty kid, Jesse Eisenberg version, who doesn't play Lex Luthor. He plays a wannabe Joker. And his scenes are written to be like a wannabe Joker. He's a bad character. And then they set him up for another movie by saying, well, they have a league. Why can't we have a league? To Deathstroke. Deathstroke is not part of a fucking league. Deathstroke is a hired assassin. He works for money. Exclusively for money. That's all he cares about. And you have Lex Luthor saying, we should start a league. (laughs) Why why would Deathstroke ever be interested in forming a fucking evil league, you know, with this fucking shitty Lex Luthor kid? Meanwhile, in the Legion of Doom. It's so stupid, and it... It clearly is trying to set up for more terrible movies from this universe that I do not want. More terrible writing, more terrible practices. Let's get into the writing. I keep saying it about it. This movie has nine writers credited in writing this film. Nine writers contributed enough 
to be credited in this film with writing a significant portion of the film and contributing significant ideas. And it shows. And this has been the case with all of the bad uh, superhero movies so far. Uh, I think Wonder Woman was the only one relegated to two or three writers. All the rest had a ridiculous number of writers. Eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there. This is a bad practice. Not only in superhero movies, not only in this universe, but in general. Get a group of... If you want to have that many ideas floating around... Get those writers, have them pair up or something. You know, one edits and one comes up with the main ideas, and have them each pitch their own idea and write their own manifest script. You're going to pay them anyway. You might as well have them compete for a quality product and have them give you a quality product and make it so whoever gets the winning script gets a little bonus on top of their their salary. You know that they already got paid or commission, whatever. Do that. Don't put them all in the same room and have them each injecting their own personalities and their own ideas that don't vibe. They don't mesh together well. There's, it's clear that there are a million subplots in this movie that don't make sense, that don't, aren't supported, that aren't earned, that don't add anything to the movie. You know, that have moments of greatness but just aren't executed very well. <sighs> and it, this has been the story throughout the Snyderverse in general. You have the the awkward cinematography from Zack Snyder you have the bad scatterbrained writing that's coming from these you know writers there's the corny line delivery for a few characters there's the dry and emotionless you know line delivery coming from uh Wonder Woman uh and Ben Affleck as Batman and then you have you know the the really cringeworthy Woody Allen-esque line delivery from Ezra Miller and then you have the awful just like weaselly, you know, nasally, awkward teenager delivery from Lex Luthor. I refuse to call him Lex because he's not Lex. <laughs> just, just horrible things all around where you have all these opportunities and all these ideas and you just squander them. Um, one other thing I want to I want to give them credit again. I think we're being really harsh on this movie because there is a lot to criticize. It hurts, um, not because it's so severe necessarily, but because there's just so much of it, so much of it sprinkled throughout that we can't stop talking about it because they've given us years worth of discussion topics. Oh yeah, about you know bad writing, bad production, bad shooting, bad characters not representing superheroes in superhero movies. You know whatever the case may be. Um, there was a scene in this movie, much like Thor Ragnarok, it was probably one of the coolest, if not the coolest, scene in the movie, where it's a flashback war scene. In Thor Ragnarok, they had the flashback war scene with the Valkyries and Hela, where she's going to war, and visually it was very cool. I think that that was visually much better, but I think as far as like the cameos and the context... Yeah. Uh, the flashback in this movie was much better where they flash back to where the Amazons, the Atlanteans, uh, the tribes of men, and uh, the Green Lantern Corps are helping to push back Steppenwolf on this planetary invasion with the Mother Boxes. Yeah, and that, that was a guest starring. That was pretty cool, seeing the Green Lanterns in this universe at all, uh, even if it was a 3,000, 4,000-year-old flashback or whatever. <laughs> it was cool seeing the Atlanteans and the you know Amazons and tribes of men all together and then you have i'm what who i'm guessing was zeus and the old gods fighting them there with their oh, lightning, lightning raiden dude yeah their raiden powers or whatever um the problem i had with that flashback scene though is that 
all of these super-powered characters, literally gods among them, uh, Green Lantern Corps, um, you name it, they had a much, much, much harder time handling Steppenwolf. It took all of that to push back Steppenwolf and the three mother boxes. This movie, he has the three mother boxes. He has an army of parademons. He's still the same powerful individual, and he gets his ass kicked for a good portion of this movie. By, by none Super- other. By Superman. Yeah. And the team up between Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and, you know, stationary Batman, as much credit as you want to give to him, you know, while Flash is out pushing a car somewhere and being useless once again. Uh, another, you know, stupid thing that didn't make sense in the movie. They went through all this trouble to revive Superman and bring him back from the dead. They make the effort, you know, to bring Amy Adams up there, Lois, to call him Clark, like they should have done from the beginning and remind him of who he is or whatever, bring him back down to Earth, and then they just leave. Yeah. All right, we're going to go save the world without you, whatever. Yeah, you you do you, girl. <laughs> they're, 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 they leave him. They're pressing matters. You went through all this effort to try to get him back, and you don't even take the time to explain to him the situation and be like, hey, we need your help. No, they're just like, all right, dude, peace out. And they go on a plane, they fly away, and they're just hoping Superman shows up at some point. Which, of course, because he's Superman, he does. But it's just so stupid. Why did they all leave without him? It's a fucking waste. Why that, why, why, even bother bringing him back if you're not even going to make the effort to <laughs> have him help you save the fucking planet? You realize if he doesn't help you, this planet is doomed. You're all fucked. This is going to become a second apocalypse. You're done. <laughs> Why are you not bringing Superman, the guy you just almost killed yourselves trying to bring back to life, you know? Just stupid plot devices. And then when he comes back, he beats the shit out of Steppenwolf for a few seconds. And then he goes, oh, there's civilians to save. You guys can handle this. And books it. And fucking leaves for fucking ten minutes of the movie with Flash saving civilians who would have been saved if he had just taken down Steppenwolf while they're trying to destroy the mother box. But he had to save the he had to save the civilians first because otherwise he'd be distraught. No, he wouldn't. He's Superman. No, they did that yeah. so they could have one humor scene with Flash where he's flying next to Flash and Flash saves the one car of people and he brings over the huge building filled with civilians. That's why they did it. That's because one of those writers in that room went, you know what would be funny? And then they put it in the movie. Not because it made logical son- sense to the, the context of the story. Not because it made sense with, for the character yeah. in the scene. Um, just because one of the writers was just like, eh, this would be funny. Let's put this in there. People are always saying our movies are too dark, you know? And again, you're you're in this big CG washed out, you know, world for this big fight anyway, you know? So visually, it's already kind of gross and not fun to look at. And then you add these awkward, illogical scenes to it to what would have been a cool scene, you know? And Thor Ragnarok, I was angry because, you know, the the climactic fight between Thor and Hela was, like, panned away. Like, they would jump at each other and they would cut to another scene, you know? Stuff like that. So many sins. And that would, oh. that pissed me off. And this movie, you get to see some of the action, but then they just stop the action for no reason and leave. <laughs> and then come back to it later, you know? Just not, stupid, stupid movie decisions, stupid production decisions, stupid writing decisions. You know, these things could have, should, probably should have been cut. Uh, I will give this movie credit for being shorter, <laughs> at least feeling shorter. I don't know if it actually was shorter. 
but it didn't feel as long and drawn out and just like cringeworthy throughout the whole thing as BBS. Yeah, th- uh, I think there was an executive order where they they had to keep it down to like a like an hour forty five. I longest. mean, if you can't make a complete thought in a movie in two hours, you're doing something wrong. And I think that's a cardinal sin that Snyder has in all of his movies. He just pushes it too long, and there's always a director's cut that he tries. Oh, the movie's better with the director's cut, and then you watch it. And you're like, no, it's not. These are scenes that you should have cut out in the first place. In fact, maybe you should have kept some of these scenes and cut out most of this movie. <laughs> you know, it's like, stuff wh- like that. Which would be better? Which would be worse? The world will never know. Yeah. So again, this universe <sighs> is set up so poorly, so fragile. This movie has good elements. It has moments of promise where you're just hoping and praying and just wishing they would just seize it, you know, seize the opportunity and actually execute it. But they never do. But they never do. They always leave you hanging. <sighs> um, just so many stupid scenes that don't make logical sense. Bad, you know, production decisions. Bad cuts. Awful, like, awkward cuts. Um, just scenes that were clearly just so Snyder could get his symbolic gesture out, you know, with... Wonder Woman standing next to Lady Justice on the tower watching this terrorist act unfold, even though she's there to prevent it. She could prevent this all from happening in the first place. It's like, uh, oh, wait. What? Like, I, I'm watching this happen. Wait, what do I do? Oh, that's right. I'm going to, and she says, call 911. But uh, <laughs> everyone in the audience is saying, act like a fucking superhero and save the goddamn day instead of just looking at shit. And I mean, you have the subplot with Wonder Woman specifically where uh, it only becomes a subplot at the end of the movie. So I'm guessing it was just a writer that came along at the end of the movie where Batman's trying to pressure Wonder Woman into being the leader she needs to be and be out, you know, representing heroes in the world, being the leader that Batman can't be. When Batman has been doing everything this entire fucking movie. He's the one that got them together. He's the one that got Flash to do anything competent. <laughs> he's, the, he's the one that contacted everybody and informed everybody of what was going on and what needed to be done. He's been the leader this entire movie. Even when they're going into the final cl- climactic scene where Wonder Woman is the leader of their group, of their strike force, Batman still tells them what the fuck to do. It says, I'm going to blow a hole. You guys follow me. I'll distract him. You guys go in and you know, stop the mother box thing. And, you know, maybe Superman will show up. That'd be cool. But, you know, whatever. I'll take care of things. <laughs> and once again, he's the leader. Uh, you, so he, they just undermine their own subplots constantly in this movie. It, yeah. It, it, it would be one thing if, you know, it, there wasn't any precedent for us to think that Wonder Woman would be taking lead. But we have a scene where Batman actually says, like, why aren't you the one leading us? And he's just like, be the leader. Be the leader. Yeah. Be the leader. Oh, shit. You're not the leader yet. I guess I'll be the leader again this whole fucking time. So, uh, again, I don't want to nitpick too much because there... I could literally go on for days about scenes that just didn't make sense and scenes that were awkward and poorly delivered. Just This movie uh, is riddled with them. And then you have the foundational problems that come from the other movies that just drag this movie down even further, even though it should give them the benefit of the doubt and give them a boost because everybody's going in with low expectations. I hope this movie doesn't do well. I hope it makes just enough money to break even. So that everybody gets paid what they were supposed to get paid and nobody, you know, loses out. 
And WB goes, okay, we read you loud and clear, audience, because clearly that's the only way they're going to read you. <laughs> you, you. These movies are not being critically received well, and now they're financially dropping off because the allure of seeing these superheroes on the big screen for the first time or you know, for the new generation is clearly not working anymore. And we clearly have a quality issue. We're going to revise things, you know. It, you it, have clear manuscripts for how to do these things properly. You have 15 years of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies to go off of. You have a, a very good CW show and CW universe that, while it's a, a lower budget and it's sometimes a glorified soap opera, they execute it well. They have likable characters that they flesh out, and they f- flesh them out in one episode. One hour episode, you know, 45 minutes at, with commercials. Easily. And yet you can't do this in a two-hour move, two movie, two-and-a-half-hour movie, three-hour in BBS extended cut, you know? Why? Can, why? <laughs> in, in, the only explanation is incompetence. That's it. It's the only thing you can draw from this. You try to give them the benefit of the doubt, but they have three movies now that are horrible and one movie that was good but had issues at the end, you know, where they totally undermined themselves and the whole premise of their movie at the very end, you know? I think you might have caught on to uh, WD- WB's Most Dangerous Game. That Most Dangerous Game is chess against yourself. <laughs> but I mean, Mind you, this, even... is from the, this is from the same company that somehow thought that releasing Beware the Batman and just a straight-up cartoon... The Batman <laughs> yeah. on the same fucking network yeah. was a good idea. But it's just it just screams incompetence from the bottom to the top. It really does. It, on some of the act not all the actors' parts. Again, we're being a little harsh here. You know, Jeffrey Iron Jeremy Irons was great. Um uh, Jason Moe was great. Gal Gadot was fine. Not great in this movie, but pretty good in Wonder Woman, uh, and okay in BVS, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know there are good performances there. There are good opportunities. And Deathstroke looks awesome in that extra credit scene. If they if that scene had just been Deathstroke, would have been an awesome end credit scene. Oh yeah, would have left me with a much much better feeling going I, out of that movie theater. I probably would have given, but they ruined it. That whole thing um, with Lex Luthor yeah. and this fucking not Lex Luthor himself, but Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, you know, uh, as pseudo Joker Lex Luthor. So it just it just hurts I, to see something. I like really that. do hope that they that this movie doesn't do well and that they get the message and they reboot. You have the perfect manuscript, the perfect format, the perfect guideline for how to do these things right with the animated features with all these animated movies that are most for the most part very good uh with i the, the those animated movies are so good when it comes to anything dc puts out that isn't a comic book yeah those like it's those animated movies that i'll go to first yeah and then you have uh the cw shows which have clearly demonstrated that they can do flash at least at the very least flash far superior than the Snyderverse can. Um, you have uh, the previous Nolanverse movies, which demonstrate exactly how to make an, an intriguing and adult uh, superhero universe that people can appreciate and is critically praised and makes a lot of money still, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, that's... I, their biggest mistake was probably 
Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> uh, specifically making it PG because they ugh, there's some things in that movie that just look goofy. But yeah, um, things that just overall those movies were still better, <laughs> far better and more coherent, and had a meaningful message and great cin- cinematography, and represented the world well. And well. For the least part, Batman was actually a ninja <laughs> uh, and a master detective. Um, and then you have these, uh, again, I don't want to compare it to Marvel, but Marvel has this manuscript drawn out for you and 15 years worth of movies. You have uh, even movies like Hellboy and Hellboy 2 were more competent and used more practical effects and were more enjoyable than many of these Snyderverse films. And then you have the X-Men universe with Fox. And they did a competent X-Men universe. They have some stinkers in there for sure. Wolverine Origins and uh, X-Men 3 for sure. But then you look at masterpieces like Logan. And you have good movies like X2 and the first, the original X-Men that got everything started. And X-Men First Class and even to an extent, you know, Days of Future Past. You have all these different movies that demonstrate how to do superhero movies well how to make these characters work in a live action environment in a believable environment in a sympathetic and empathetic environment uh and how to develop these characters but time and again with suicide squad and bvs and man of steel they just flounder every opportunity they're given and i don't understand why they keep releasing more new characters for this world like shazam and you know black adam and stuff how why they keep announcing more movies like suicide squad 2 and a harley quinn movie and two not one but two different joker movies stop it you're these movies are shit (laughs) they're shit I hate to say it. I I am a DC fanboy. I am the person who makes the most excuses. When BBS came out, I made excuses for months. Where I was just like, it's not that bad. I mean, come on. There was some cool stuff in it, and Batman kicked ass. Well, in this Justice League movie, I can't even say that. Because Batman just stood around and shot alien pistols and then a grenade launcher and (laughs) then drove a car for a little bit. He did a lot of shooting in that movie. All he did was stand around and look fat. And there's a scene. <laughs> there's a scene. Yeah, he that, swings. There's a scene that demonstrates how fat he is. <laughs> when they're yeah, when he has t- to towards the end of the movie. The, well, yeah, when he's pulling up his uniform. But yeah, when towards the end of the movie, they do the this typical superhero movie thing where they just waste time standing dramatically before they actually go and you know address the threat that's about to destroy the planet. But they stand heroically in a line, and it, the the scene focuses in on the front of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman together, and Batman looks so fat next to Superman, who is jacked. Superman is legitimately jacked. Henry Cavill is legitimately jacked. But then you have scrawny Wonder Woman, who looks like a, a skeleton with clothes loosely on (laughs) you have jacked superman and then you have fat bad affleck who is literally twice the size of henry cavill and he just looks like a fat 
old dude in a goofy costume. He does not look like Batman. What about this is stealthy? What about this is intimidating? If this, I think that that's why he was just sitting on the thing waiting for the guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like I don't feel like. Not only does he sound like he's out of breath every time he talks, he looks like he's out of breath, even though he's not doing anything. He's standing in costume, just standing there, going like this. From time to time, <laughs> he is—he is not. Hold the... on, I need to sit down. I just shaved. I, like I—I I appreciate what they were trying to do because they're trying to build off the Frank Miller, you know, uh, Dark yeah. Knight Returns Batman that is like drawn dramatically huge for no reason and kind of fat looking and whatever and goofy. Way to stick but this to is... the comics, I guess. But you didn't have to. He didn't look that fat in BVS. He looked jacked in BVS. He didn't look like just fat, like outrageously fat. In this movie, yeah. he has a big beer gut going on. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like fit. He looks just kind of fat. <laughs> I, I think I know why. Um, when you lose someone that you love oh, or God. that you realize <laughs> no, you love, No, stop it. Um, <laughs> stop it. Sometimes it drives you to drink. <laughs> Uh, no, it, I think it's become very clear. I think he's got that, those whiskey calories going. Yeah, I think the he he was driven to drink because uh, the person that he thought he hated the most turned out to be the person that he never knew he loved. <laughs> uh, th- this is this is the thing. Yeah. with uh, again, just fat, more bad. stupid yeah. bad writing and awkward situations that just ma- didn't make sense in the context. It's just awful. It, like all awful. of this was so not earned, <laughs> disjointed, um, not connected very well, and honestly, I. This should have just been a, a cyborg movie. This literally... <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, it would have been much I, better as a cyborg movie. I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that I have to say this. I you, can't believe that I have to say that the Justice League movie should have been about the one person who shouldn't be in the Justice yeah. League. See, if... They wanted to do the smart thing and follow the the Marvel long term process, the that committed they had, route that yeah. they cl- clearly demonstrated for you. What they could have done instead, you know, BBS is there and done. It's gone. You know, you yeah. can't do anything about it now. You already released it. You already made it. Right. So People that that is where we're at. You already did Man of Steel and had the awkward scenes. You already did Suicide Squad. You're left with that universe now. But. What they could have done is made, say, a cyborg movie where cyborg is just focused on trying to figure out if he is still human and having this emotional drama with his father. Right. And then there's a you know, perfect Frankenstein story. In Batman there. seeks him out or whatever and tries to recruit him or whatever towards the end of the movie. But the focus is Stone himself trying to come to terms with what he is and who he is. And, uh,. It, making an identity for him in this in this world and then you can have it towards the end you know the mother box is taken you know and that's the first movie then yeah. the next movie aquaman you focus on jason momoa and the the aquaman of this universe and he doesn't like you know his lineage in atlantis he thinks his mother abandoned him you know 
you know, on land with his father, you know, and didn't want him to be part of the Atlantean society. So he holds a deep grudge and a lot of conceit. And, you know, his father passed, you know, and he was left alone, you know, without a family because his mother abandoned him and all these things. You know, you could have a lot of character development with this character. And then you could have the dynamic if you want to set up like the Jason Momoa and Mara situation like in the comics and have Mara be the one that brings him back to Atlantis that says, no, we need you. We need you. There's something, there's a threat coming and it's, it's coming for the mother box and we need your help to defend it. Only you can, you know, listen to the ocean or whatever. Only you can use the Royal artifacts because you do have the Royal blood in you or whatever, whatever the case may be. You could frame it in any number of ways, but you could make a whole movie about him trying to come to terms with the fact that he is half Atlantean as well as human and trying to somehow keep these worlds together and learn about his lineage um, and learn about how he can contribute in this world and learn that he can be more than just some drunk, you know, on the Harbor <laughs> that saves fishermen every once in a while, you know, and he, he comes into himself and becomes the hero he deserves to be. And at the end, you know, he fights Steppenwolf with Mara and the troops, just like they did in this movie. And, you know, they fail. He gets away with the box end of the movie you know he goes back to bruce and goes all right you were right there's a problem you know whatever the case may be and then you can make the next movie the second wonder woman movie which we already know they're trying to make make the present day you know wonder woman movie where themyscira is attacked by the forces you know of uh steppenwolf and yeah. they call on diana to come and save them and help them out or whatever and then there you can have a story about redemption and forgiveness because she was you know, she was forced to leave and banished from the island because she went against their wishes and went away with this man into the world of men in World War One. So she can rekindle that relationship with her mother, who she hasn't seen for a hundred years. She can have this beautiful dynamic where she becomes a stronger character and maybe is inspired by the Amazons and not Batman to become a a standout figure as a hero in the world and be a public figure and stand for justice and stand for what is right and stand for strong womanhood in the world. You know, yeah. well, any number of things. Be- being a strong, independent work... woman that don't need no man. <laughs> you um, can work this oh. in so many ways and with without all this accessory nonsense and have a really good character movie and Steppenwolf in the end succeeds or something and she comes back to Batman and says, it's worse than we thought. He has them all now. And Batman's like, fuck, we got to we got to do something. And then Justice League could be entirely about reviving Superman because you need his help to stop them. And having like the world in disarray because Steppenwolf is bringing his forces and attacking the planet or something along those lines. And so Batman, you know, you could have an Ezra. I don't like Ezra Miller. I don't like the Flash costume. I don't like anything about this Flash. So I would <laughs> personally, I would leave him out and just reintroduce a different Flash, like a different type of Flash, whether it's Wally West or whatever. Uh, but- I, I actually would have called Grant Gustin. <laughs> like we're I gonna, would. we're Why gonna, not? yeah, we're gonna pay you extra. You're already the Flash. Uh, th- th- <laughs> y- it turns out that you, know, you want to be in a big movie, kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, but. Y- you're not the Flash we deserve. We deserve worse, but uh, you are <laughs> the one that we need. But I mean, you could make the Justice League about how they're trying to bring back Superman in some way. If you want to, I would prefer it that Superman was alive all along and he's just in hiding because he feels like an exile and he knows because of what Batman did and because of what Lex Luthor did that when he's around, there are bigger threats 
that will see him as a threat and they will endanger people trying to take him out basically yeah. because they think they're protecting humanity by, you know, getting rid of this alien that is basically all powerful. Like have him like in the fortress of solitude and hiding or something. And he only comes out once in a while to, you know, get food or whatever <laughs> to stay sane, you know? Right. And then, you know, through whatever situation you could even introduce his cousin, you could have his cousin arrive on the planet or something and have this dynamic where she somehow convinces him to come back to humanity, to come back to the world or something. Any number of things. There's so many possibilities here that could be fleshed out and have good character moments. You know, if you just take your time, don't blow your whole wad in one movie and just try to play catch up with Marvel. Cause you're never going to catch up. You're never going to just make it. <laughs> make a decision it's it's so sad because i'm just <sighs> i'm just riffing i'm riffing off ideas and i feel i feel confident that those ideas are more coherent than a lot of the ideas they've been putting in these movies uh, that that's because they are more coherent so it, uh, you're there's so <sighs> many again they have so yeah. many opportunities they keep squandering every single one and as a fan as a person that wants to support them as a fanboy of the dc universe that just wants nothing more than these characters to have success and these actors to have success and these directors to have success they keep letting me down they just keep letting me down and i <laughs> i think you're right i i i'm moving every time i talk about these movies i move further and further away from meh to just awful yeah so it, it, in the end thumbs down don't see it tell us what you think <laughs> do yeah. you have any other thoughts um any other major things you wanted to touch on, touch on or you want to leave it at that uh i am I'm, I'm gonna say a, a couple more things about this movie um this movie is going to hurt every hardcore dc fan as it's hurt you because <laughs> This movie, this movie is a product of the company not caring to take its time. This movie, it was supposed to mean something, yeah, and it doesn't. This, Absolutely, this movie was supposed to inspire when it actually depresses. Uh, yeah. th this movie, this this movie somehow manages to have everything that you think you want and also still at the very end have none of it at the same time. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, and the biggest reason why they need to quit but they won't is because WB, for good or ill, is committed to having a redundancy. Yeah. That they, they, they like having multiples flying around. Um, that that was one of the things that, uh, going back to like the comics that this all comes from, uh, with like having. All of your favorite Nightwing versions, like in yeah. the same spot. Um, Rebirth. Yeah. Uh, let's have, let's have a new Flash. We'll, we'll do a brand new take on the character. Uh, like you know the uh, forensic scientist that that you've grown accustomed to and loved for like the last three years. We're gonna say fuck all that 
and uh, <laughs> regress him to like still in college kid. We can do it better. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, you can't. We're we're gonna say he's more raw. That's why he doesn't know how to run like a human being, um, <laughs> like a normal human being. Uh, uh, we're we're going to take this character, Cyborg, who has been historically linked to the Teen Titans, mm-hmm. uh, and we're we're going to move him on up. <laughs> wow, I really just said that. Move it on up. <laughs> To the east side, <laughs> DC apartment in the sky. Um, you know where DC should move? To the east side of Manhattan, where, where it belongs. belongs. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. Up top, yeah, nailed it. Uh, yep, stuck the landing. Um, the thing that kills me about this movie is that at its core. This is this is a product of the insidious nature of financial competition. As opposed to this being what could have been a momentous historic event mm-hmm. in storytelling history. Yeah. This could have been like imagine for a moment that we're doing a Justice League movie where we're we're dealing with the character Max Lord, <laughs> the 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 character who's been uh, known for being the kind of like a double agent who ends up uh, double crossing the entire Justice League. Yeah. Um. Imagine for a moment we're doing a movie where. We're just dealing with Deathstroke. <laughs> Deathstroke, the Terminator. Yeah. It, who very much has earned that name. I, imagine... Which, again, we already have a very good version of Deathstroke in the TV series. We do. <laughs> in the Arrow. We do. And uh, with now that... we're going to have another competing, confusing version in yes. this DCEU. Be- because we like redundancy. That, we, we, while it looks cool, is going to be teaming up with the most annoying character in the entire series. This he, Eisenberg Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, w- imagine for a moment that we actually got a competent Lex Luthor in someone like a Brian Cranston or... <laughs> Like oh. a Billy Zane. It hurts me because oh. now yeah. they've wasted so much time that Brian Cranston's probably too old to want to play the the role, especially for an extended universe or something. Oh know? yeah, where he'd have once, to show once up for you sign movies. up, yeah, you, yeah, you're pretty much committed for ten years, you know. Yeah, and now they've squandered again not only a movie opportunity but a real life opportunity to have a great actor that would p- fit the picture perfectly. Yeah, be like, this you know menacing intellect you know that goes toe-to-toe with superman both intellectually and with batman financially as well as intellectually oh yeah he would be perfect like lex luthor would have been the perfect villain to have as the type of villain who would basically attack their credibility yeah like so like these are all of the ideas that could have happened mm mm-hmm but instead, this is what actually killed the movie. 
because of their trying to stay, you know, financially solvent, they played it safe. Yeah, they they they, they, they basically took all the criticisms they got and tried to like get re- <laughs> get rid of the things that people were complaining about, but in the way they did it was just poorly done, poorly executed and caused even more problems for themselves, I think. They tried to make the Avengers and hear me out here. Uh, by that, I mean they tried to make a movie where all of these disparaging, like coming from different background superheroes, uh, for whatever reason, come together to take down. Come together right now <laughs> over some stupid space asshole who we've never met before in our lives. Um, it, we literally have a movie where all of these different heroes from different walks of life have been called in, like literally called in, <laughs> to deal with a threat from beyond the stars. Yeah. Because I guess we have to do Dark Side at some point eventually. I mean, um, it, and it could be done well. They're just choosing not to. The, yeah, uh, it's I like just... they're they're choosing not to. They're trying to basically again do what Marvel did, just not the way that Marvel did it. Now, I just want to give you some context here. This movie cost an estimated three hundred million dollars, if not more with the reshoots and stuff. To give you context for this, The Dark Knight, which is a far better movie, visually, emotionally, the writing is far better. Uh, They used practical effects instead of paying for all this CG that looks horrible and washed out and these CG sets and used a superior director, I would argue. Um, It cost... $180 $180 million to produce. That's almost half wow. <laughs> of what the Justice League cost. And the Dark Knight yielded them over a billion dollars in gross from the box office. That's insane. Because Batman is a because, business unto himself. Because these movies can only hope for like maybe $900 million. So it doesn't even make sense from a financial perspective to keep making these movies. Yes, you're going to make a profit, you know, these poor quality movies with this poor quality director and this poor quality cinematic universe. But you clearly demonstrated that you can do far better, both critically and financially. You can have cheaper budget movies that perform far better. Look at Deadpool. Deadpool costs, what, $45 million or something because they didn't want to take a risk? And that movie is far superior to anything in the DCEU. You know, even Wonder Woman, which is a good movie, not a great movie, can't can't even touch a movie like Deadpool that costs $45 million. Let's look at the Avengers, shall we? Avengers, big budget film. Robert Downey Jr. probably takes up most of the budget himself, let alone all these other big actors. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's taking like at least yeah. a quarter of that. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr., you got Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, you <laughs> you got some big names. You got Hemsworth. Yeah, just you have all these names. You have a big time director who's well respected in Joss Whedon. And this movie cost two hundred and twenty million dollars to make. 
$80 million less than this Justice League movie. And I'm pretty sure BVS costs around $270 million. And it grossed, <sighs> the Avengers grossed, $1.59 billion Ooh. at the box office. And oh again, they built a good structure around this universe. Yeah, they did. The Nolanverse... All I had was Batman Begins. Batman Begins did very well. Was a relatively low budget movie. Performed very well. <laughs> Got them hundreds of millions of dollars in profit. Dark Knight, critically beloved movie. Won an Academy Award. Um, Got them all the <laughs> respect in the world. Blew up Chris Nolan's career to a new, another hemisphere. You know. Oh yeah, uh, up easily. into the stratosphere. You know, and. They didn't cost nearly as much. So nothing about this universe with WB and the DCEU makes sense. The writing's bad. Some of the actors are phoning it in. Um, Some of the casting decisions, in the case of Eisenberg, are very bad. They're terrible. Terrible casting decisions. Every movie is covered in washed-out CG sets that just look fake. Not not you feel like everything in these movies is just fake. Nothing is real, and the, and the, it's not even like the cool like oh we're we're kind of doing the thing from Thor Ragnarok going yeah. back to that where we're basically doing an animated. We're still giving you shot. a light show. We're yeah. giving you a light show with Thor Ragnarok. We're giving you some eye candy. Not in these movies. It's just washed out, muddy, gross looking. Like It just hurts. Every character looks like Gumby in a fight scene, you know, where they're just like flexing around unnaturally and just... Not, that fucking lip. And it's costing them $300 uh, uh, million dollars a movie. Uh, I'm, I'm always going to go back to that yeah, lip. The animated upper lip. <laughs> Stiff upper lip. <laughs> but... <laughs> They're blowing so much more money on these movies and getting so much less out of them. It, to, it, maybe maybe they're in another world and they, they understand their business better than I do and they're like, well, we're making plenty of movie money. Let's just keep going. Let's ride this as long as it can go and then we'll reboot and we'll spend the extra money to make another good movie. You know, maybe. If we're lucky. But I think oh. I think if they keep pushing audiences and their fans like this, they're eventually going to get to a point where there's fatigue. People just don't don't want to deal with it anymore. So you're giving us poor quality movies. You're messing up how the public sees these characters. You know, I would guess the majority of people that know about Batman and Superman and all these characters don't know them from comic books that they've read. They know them from cartoons they've watched or from movies they've seen specifically and when you have these movies representing your characters this fucking drunk lazy batman (laughs) is all fat and like out of shape and huffing and puffing throughout the entire movie that you're ruining this is why the robins left you're ruining this character for gen a generation at least one generation of potential fans. And not only do you hurt WB and your future movie franchises with this, you hurt DC Comics as a brand because now you have made Batman less likable. You have made him less marketable, you know. So across the board, I just think this is all being handled very poorly. And please fans, let us know if 
you disagree, if you have another a counterpoint to this discussion, I would love to hear your opinions. Uh, or if you agree, tell me tell me why do you agree? Is there something we missed? Um, again, I just I hope this movie does poorly, and I hope they just recognize, hey, we're trying to make something happen that's not going to happen. Let's just wash our hands of it, get whatever's in production out the door, and leave it at that. You know. Yeah, um, th- this this needs to be the turning point of the uh, basically the company of DC as a whole. Uh, uh, because like, there, the, uh, last thing I'm going to say about this is that sure. this is this is unfortunately may, maybe the word is systemic, but uh, this is something that's very blatantly the result of just Warner Brothers not knowing how to stay consistent across a particular brand yeah. or how best to absolutely uh, maybe promote a brand mm-hmm. like while you might have like a different version of that already out there. Yeah. It, like this is uh, <sighs> to me, this reeks of too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, too many cooks. <laughs> yeah. Too many cooks. <laughs> Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. Uh, oh there's too God. many yeah. hands in the pie trying to get their piece, you know? And it just it dilutes everything. And it, ma- it turns everything into a mess. It really does. And, uh, you know, I hope people and some people enjoy it more than I did. Uh, again, I don't want to make this seem like I didn't have any fun whatsoever. It was a horrible movie, but it was bad. It's true. But I did have a good time at parts. I did enjoy seeing the Justice League on screen together. I liked Superman. I liked Aquaman. Wonder Woman was cool in the fight scenes, but outside the fight scenes, kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, Flash was a little disappointing to me. Cyborg at least had character depth, if nothing else. Um, I enjoy Jeremy Irons, as always. <laughs> uh, snarky Alfred is the best Alfred. Uh, yeah, he was um, so catty. And there were cool visuals throughout the movie, like when Aquaman jumps up and is flying through the air and throws his trident at another pair of demons, Cyborg gives him a lift and stuff, you know. Those things were cool, if not a little nonsensical and fun, but it was cool. It was cool to see. It was nice eye candy. The Mara scene was cool. Um, there, There were redeeming cool moments, but overall, this movie's a stinker. I hate I hate to say it because I am the, the DC fanboy around here, but it was a stinker, man. And it, I was it's so many high hopes, and nothing about these movie franchises makes sense to me. I don't understand why they're still pushing out press releases about future movies when they know damn well there's there's no way they're going to be able to sustain this, and their returns are shrinking because they keep putting more and more and more and more and more money into these movies, specifically in CG processing. And they just look worse and worse and worse. The writing gets worse and worse and worse. The characters get worse and worse and worse. And I think a big part of why the actors themselves are performing worse and delivering their lines worse is because they are in these giant green screen rooms. Every day they show up to work in the same place, in the same room covered in green stuff with two props if they're lucky. And they have to fight and argue and talk with CG characters that aren't there and... 
fight invisible parademons that aren't there and have these intimate character interactions when you're covered in lime green and fucking Henry Cavill has this fucking lime green polka dots all over his fucking face and you're trying to take him seriously and deliver an emotional, you know, passionate line or something. You know, oh I, yeah. they're just shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over and eventually their returns are not going to match the budgets. Eventually, they're going to reach the point, especially with the $300 million budget and the audience we saw at that theater. Just nobody there because they've already established that these movies aren't worth seeing for the most part, you know? And I hate to say that. I hate to say that because I know people, you know, people pride themselves and their performances. You know, I know based on just the fact that there were opportunities that were squandered in this movie, there were little glimmers of greatness in this movie where the Superman fight scene and Superman turns towards Flash and Flash is like, oh, no, he's as fast as me. And he starts fighting with Flash. That was awesome. Where uh, Bruce talks to Flash and he goes, just save one. Just help me save one. And then you'll know what to do from there. You know, that was cool. That had potential to be great. You know, and that would establish Batman clearly if he hadn't been clearly established already as the leader, as yeah. the leader without the stupid subplots. You know, even the Wonder Woman subplot where he's like, oh, why don't you show yourself in the world? Why don't you fight crime? You know, why don't you use your abilities? Why have you disappeared for 100 years? That could have been cool if they executed it well, but they didn't execute it well. And it, it's, it's again, just cool. squandered opportunities. There are good ideas in there. They're little bite-sized pieces, little bits of eye candy, good scores, good sound effects, uh, a few good performances. There's, there's potential all around these movies, and I think that's what makes these movies so painful to me, especially, is that they have all this potential and yet they squander it again and again and again. If these movies were just awful from beginning to end, and it was just there wasn't anything redeeming about them, and they were just awful, yeah, I'd be like, all right, it was this dumb, stupid movie, and I laughed through the whole thing, and it was it was what it was, you know. But no, they get so close that they keep you strung along, where you just wish at the bottom of your heart of hearts that you'll. <laughs> that they will find a way to turn it around, but they never do. And they just get deeper and deeper and deeper into the hole. And um, they, 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 I think they've I think gotten so deep that they don't know which way is up. I think, uh, to quote Forrest Gump, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they kept running <laughs> and running. So uh, please, folks, in the comments uh, on our Twitter page at HTBVids, let us know what you think. If you have uh, counterpoints or different ideas or you wanted to talk about a scene we didn't touch on, please hit us up at HTBVids uh, and on our website, www.htbvids.com, where you can soon see uh, our review page. It's still not up yet, but it will be soon. Uh, again, this is all revolving around time. It's very late here. Yes, we're, it is. We're sacrificing a lot to try to get these <laughs> things out to you. So. Uh, please be patient. We promise you we'll have more content, both written and visual, for you coming soon, uh, including next week's podcast, of course. Episode 12 should premiere on Wednesday. Look forward to that. Um, I want to thank you for sticking with us 
Be sure to like and subscribe down below if you, you like what you hear. Remember, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you can always catch our, our YouTube channel and watch it there. It really helps us. Um, but you can also listen to it for free on Stitcher and iTunes. No cost to you. But if you would, leave uh, a good rating for us and maybe some good feedback. E- even if it's uh, critical, give us something constructive that we can build from. Uh, oh, I'd, yeah. be, I'd be really grateful if you could uh, leave us some reviews on Stitcher iTunes and uh, give us that like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, yeah, It's uh, been a great evening. Again, we've been pretty harsh on this movie, I think. And there again, there are redeeming things, but we just saw it. We're still pretty fresh, even though it's a day later. Um yeah, uh, it, I, our only hope really at this point is that either they start from scratch or they just they find a way to actually learn from their mistakes as yeah. opposed to repeating them. Yeah. That's all we want. We want them to succeed. And I have it, to acknowledge, you know, we're kind of spoiled comic fans, you know. We yeah. have so much comic book content now and not only superheroes. Every form of comic books, you know, you have, you even have an Archie TV show, you know, <laughs> going on that's supposedly pretty good. You have multiple X Men TV shows. You have multiple X Men movies. You have uh, multiple CW DC shows. You had uh, hashtag Save Constantine Constantine show on NBC. Uh, Actually, um, CW Seed uh, Constantine is on their website. Uh, <gasps> You you can watch uh, all thirteen Emory! episodes. Emory! <laughs> it 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 might be coming back. Oh yeah, please, it, it please might be coming CW, back. Please, please, I want that more than I want Supergirl. <laughs> I think everyone wants that more than they want Supergirl. Hashtag save uh, Constantine. Yes, but, um, um, we got the DC animated features. We have the, obviously the, the books. While we criticize the mainline books, we still have great superhero books and great stories like. Batman White Knight and Mr. Miracle. Yes, uh, if you haven't checked those out yet, do. And e- even if you want to extend outside of superheroes, you have Image Comics which constantly puts out great material. If you're um, not reading Invincible, get Invincible. I mean, the, you name it. We are in the most glorious phase of comic book fandom where we are appreciated as a member of society and not kind of, you know, derelicts on the side. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. We have all this content. Every movie season is dictated by the superhero movies nowadays. We are so spoiled and (laughs) I'm sure coming across to people that aren't like avid fans of this stuff. Like, Oh, look at these spoiled fucking nerds, you know? (laughs) complaining about like their slightly bad movie well it's because we're so passionate about these things and we love them and we see opportunities being wasted and squandered and we know a good thing can't last forever eventually there's going to be box office fatigue eventually superheroes are going to take a break whether we like it or not yeah Um, i think uh and we just want to see the best while we have the opportunity you know yeah like more than anything uh i personally I would like for these movies to be good enough for a person who's not familiar with that uh, entire like genre of reading the yeah. comic book section. Uh, I, I would like for them to view something like that 
as a good movie. Yeah. Not just a I superhero mean, movie, but Nolan a verse good is a perfect example of this. Yes. Yeah. Nolan yes. verse, nothing is explained to you because it's all told very clearly, concisely, and coherently. Yeah. Like, okay, this guy lost his parents, got it. This guy seeking to learn skills to, you know, fight crime and fight against the forces that had done this to him and other people <laughs> like him. Yeah. He goes and he trains with different groups, including this League of Assassins, you know. Right. Attains all these abilities. And, yes, he has this private wealth, which is very convenient. And he has a, you know, he has a father figure that he has dialogue with. And so you can get into the inner workings of Bruce's mind. Um, you yeah. have you had Logan. You had Logan, another great example where again, you don't need that much explaining. If you know who Professor Xavier is, you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is explained to you. Yeah, you know? pretty much. Um great movie and you can go into that movie as a person that doesn't know anything about comics and be like, "Oh, that was pretty cool. That was really good." Yeah. I enjoyed that movie. That movie had an impact, you know. And again, not every movie's going to be a Logan. Not every movie's going to be a Dark Knight. Not every movie's going to be a Batman Begins even. Uh, or an X Men First Class, yeah. But uh, you can you can try. Oh, <laughs> well, you can yeah. try. Yeah, that's it, what we need. We need you to try. Make the effort. Yeah, it. And you know, sometimes when they try, they come out with things like Thor Ragnarok, which, while probably not uh, every like diehard comic fan's cup of tea, yeah. it's still not, been not a. Not a good movie per se, but an enjoyable movie. It, it it's been so enjoyable that uh, that movie has very quickly become uh, like either one of their highest or their highest grossing movie. Yeah, and that's not surprising because it has so much to do with what's coming up with Infinity War and stuff. You know, yeah. At least that's how people perceive it. Um, and the core yeah. characters of the Avengers, where Spider Man Homecoming was. Even though Spider-Man: Homecoming was a far superior movie, a very, oh. very good movie. Oh, Another yeah. example of a movie that didn't need a bunch of explanation to be great. You know, yeah, it, um, it really didn't. It like that is a movie that could stand on its own, and like anything that it doesn't explain, you'll you'll yeah. understand pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, once again, thanks for sticking with us. Yes, um, it, I guess our movie season's over. Really, I, we got to check out Valerian, but I think that's the only comic book movie we missed this year, right? Yeah, that so, is. It, uh, we've had like, a lot this year. We had Logan, we had Wonder Woman, we had uh, what well, was Wonder Woman last year? I don't remember. Uh, it was late last year, or was it this year? Uh, I this think year? Wonder Woman was this year yeah yeah so we have logan wonder woman uh justice league obviously spider-man homecoming uh thor ragnarok anything anything i'm missing valerian we still need to see um i mean ne- uh, doctor no, no doctor strange was last year um I mean, no, I think I think overall we've every, it's been everything. a pretty darn good movie season. Uh, yeah, I, it's like it, it's not, been jam packed. Uh, there's been a little bit of a decline in some of the quality of the movies, but we've gotten a lot more movies. You know. Oh yeah. And you know, and I guess you could even count Star Wars if you want to be technical. You know. Yeah. Next year is looking just as big. You know. Yeah, so, like it, it's, it's, it, that's going to be the next as thing. Mu- as much as it sounds like we're harping against, you know. Warner Brothers and DC and you know comic book movies or whatever, 
We're not. We love these things. <laughs> We're very passionate about them. And obviously, there's never been a better time to be alive for a comic book fan. Uh, we just we want to keep it the best time. It's just we don't want to become complacent with the success we're enjoying and start lowering our standards, you know, in quality yeah. <laughs> in exchange for the widespread proliferation of these, these ideas and products. Um, yeah. So uh, once again, I want to thank you for sticking with us. Thanks for listening and watching to our hit the books review of justice league. Emery gave it a thumbs down. I also hesitantly gave it a thumbs down. Me being the DC fanboy, <laughs> I, I tried my best, but <laughs> I, 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 I had to give in in the end. Um, yeah, the, the movie failed you, unfortunately. <laughs> this has been a great discussion, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we'll see you next time. Be sure to look out for our podcast on Wednesday. Woot! Bye! See ya!